Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Anthony Trapani. We're back again. Episode three, uh, Cali Death podcast coming at you with uh, Severed Savior this week. We got Troy Fullerton, Mike Gilbert. I'm on uh, my resident homies on the podcast. We got Joseph, Casey, and Joel. Joel, we just added after last week because, you know, he uh, wouldn't stop. Wouldn't stop bugging us. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, we love him. We love him on. We want him on every week. So we're going to have him on every week. All right. All right. So uh, where do we welcome. start? Dude? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, dudes. welcome. Yeah, Thanks for guys. having us. Oh, yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, we definitely have a long history together. And uh, so I don't I don't think I want to start this. Uh, Joseph, what were you going to go with? Oh, yeah. So uh been a fan since probably servile was probably the first one that that came out when i was into death metal and then saw you guys at the winter's tavern show which kicked off your 2012 tour uh blew my mind uh one of the sickest shows ever easily and uh definitely remember highlights (laughs) from that you guys did a suffocation cover i think on that tour right you played Mm -hmm. uh yeah cover thrones of blood someone fucking like knocked me out knocked me out in the pit in that song i, that I, I remember seeing somebody getting leveled that was <laughs> fucking me probably well, now dude. you're meeting him dude yeah that was me uh and yeah dude just just super stoked to talk to you guys uh that's you know we, we usually like to just take it back to the beginning of you know your in- interest in death metal and metal in general music and yeah. just uh so I think you guys, whoever wants to start, maybe just say how you guys got interested in playing yeah, music. And literally take it back to like, to like when music became important to you. Like when you decided you guys wanted to become musicians, whoever wants to go first, go first. Cause you guys went to the same high school together, right? Yes. Yeah. That's where we met. Okay. So yeah. So you're coming into high school. Did you guys know each other? Go for it, Troy. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> okay. no I, I transferred to Mills, um, as a sophomore. And so, um, it was like, surprise, new school. But, That's coming uh, from Montana, right? Uh, I came down <laughs> a year before that and I went to, okay. <laughs> I went to, uh, uh, freshman year in Mountain View. Okay. And then moved to Millbrae and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was an interesting, um, interesting beginning but um and then mike and i met like i had to go to freshman orientation i think it was even though i was a sophomore and uh we met there we didn't really start hanging out until like a couple months later but um yeah so <laughs> i i don't know why i was there i, I was at the school that day for some fucking reason like a month before yeah introduce freshman or something no i don't remember if it was summer school or something i think i was in summer like a summer school class and it just happened to be the same day that there was uh the orientation and um i still looked like a fucking douchebag and troy (laughs) had long hair already and he used to wear this fucking happy face shirt that had a bullet hole right in the forehead with the (laughs) blood streak coming down it's kind of like and, Watchmen, uh, right? Is that, yeah, yeah, kind of. I think it was before that. But, oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Um, when was, what year is this? Ninety-two. Nah, dude, Watchmen was in the eighties, bro. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
so uh don't know what it was from i found it at like a goodwill store so yeah, yeah so i i, I, I look Go pretty ahead. much like i look now a fucking douchebag and troy was all metaled out and uh some re for some fucking reason one of the fucking kids was like oh here's this new kid why don't you walk, show him around and um i was like okay met That's troy nice. what's up dude and we had an instant dislike for each other i guess <laughs> <laughs> and I uh he, he pretty much well you know i actually i i didn't think anything negative of him i think he didn't like me at first which is most people's first reaction <laughs> and uh um you know he just I'm thought i remember some, if that was mine i can't remember <laughs> he just thought i was some preppy fucking dork that was you know idiot that was there to show him around or something and uh I, you know, I was like, okay, so you know, here's fucking, here's the center court. So, uh, yeah. All right. Peace later. <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, I'm out later. <laughs> and then, uh, I, I think, uh, we met like for the first time, really, he was working on like almost instantly got a job at the straw hat pizza that was two blocks away from my house. So I'd always go there and play video games and shit. And this is back when you could smoke indoors and, uh, I was just hanging out. And uh, he was there at the salad bar. And I, I forget if he was wearing a fucking Megadeth shirt or something. But I was like, oh, dude, I'm fucking, you know, I, I'm into metal and rock and shit. And I play guitar. And he's like, dude, I'm a drummer. I'm like, cool. And then we deci decided to jam one day. And it was fucking awesome. Like our first, very first jam in his house, in his little bedroom. Hmm. They were just super tight. Uh, I want to say the first song we played together was Master of Puppets. Is that right? Nice probably it's one of those it, like uh what do you know i don't know what yeah you know? yeah yeah and uh, um i think the first very first master puppets and it was just fucking razor sharp just dun 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 yeah, just fucking tight yeah. as hell you know and we just kind of looked at, i don't know it's just one of the things like it just felt right we looked at each other and we're like this is fucking tight sick mm -hmm. so hell that's yeah. my story when right. yeah one of those things well, no, it can't be your story, dude. We just fucking started. <laughs> That's it. We're uh, done. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cut. <laughs> Troy, what do you yeah. got to say about what he just said? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's this there's some girl's preppy older brother who was like the football cap quarterback or something that you know came up to me and uh, you know, hey, who are you? How do you? What are you into? Um, found out a musician. He's like, oh, I know somebody that plays guitar. Let me introduce you to him. So uh anyway fast forward to the jam session it was one of those things where having semi-recently jammed with a couple other people that i just didn't hit it off with at all and then <clears throat> seen mike play went over to his house one day after school with some friends because they're like oh dude you gotta you gotta check this guy out he's like you know it's every acdc song and the solos <laughs> and megadeth and all kinds of shit he can play them all like note for note and so we went over there um i think this is sometime after the straw hat but before we jam you're right you're things. right was it jer yeah you and jer that came over okay yeah. i remember that now yeah and um so it's one of those things you're like oh well i don't know how's this gonna go let's see and it's like, oh what do you know i don't know who what do you what can you play what can you play and it's like oh this is shit okay well, i don't know try something and then you start playing that first song you're like oh shit okay yeah all right oh what else play another song you're like oh ah, that was good all right play another song play another song it turns into like you know two hours of playing everything you know and and he knows it like perfect <laughs> it's like you've been playing together for months or years or something so yeah well dude so like uh when how long did you guys do that before you started writing original stuff <laughs> a long time 
<laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. When? Okay. You know, I'm gonna bring it up. When was? Uh, how, what grade were you guys in? For where? Gonna... For where? <laughs> Wait. What, what did you say? Uh, that's that's a ways away. So uh, there's backstory to all that too, okay. because you know um, we had a mutual friend named Paul Ponikoff. Uh, I just met at your wedding. Yeah, his brother time. is Pete Ponikoff of Benum. Uh, some people may know of him. Uh, he's like a super known in the Bay Area metal scene, scene since like the 80s and shit. Booking shows at the... Uh, uh, Paul, yeah. Was yeah. it the Gilman that he was doing for the longest time? Yeah. Yeah, Man. I think so. Pete. Well, I'm, I know you're talking about Paul, but yeah, I was so, just continuing with the Pete. So Paul, Paul was a year above us in high school and he was already into death metal and stuff and and uh he turned us both on uh you know carcass cannibal death uh all the late 80s early 90s shit and this is probably again this is still probably 92 um at that time even though we were into it uh the band that we were doing uh was like a you know typical fucking high school cover band where we played you know metallica megadeth slayer allison chains um we had a second guitarist named mike sauce uh who um was also a year above us at, and went to the same school and he was a good friend of mine and he you know really got us into alice in chains and shit uh so a lot of vocals a lot of vocal harmonies and um you know it's just kind of a uh again just kind of a typical high school band where you just cover you know slayer metallica megadeth uh, I was super, super into Megadeth at that time. Um, uh, Rust in Peace and, and Countdown to Extinction were fucking just incredibly um, monumental. Yeah, in my playing, because that was, you know, I, I was coming off of uh, being mostly like a blues rock kind of player, ZZ Top, ACDC that kind of stuff. And then, you know, it progressively got, you know, then it was Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, um, that kind of shit. And then of course the next step above that was death metal. So. So where um, did jazz come in for you? Jazz uh, I, you know, I was it after death some, metal. Well, yeah. I mean, I was all, I was always kind of into pro progressive stuff. Um, when I was a little kid, uh, like four or five years old, I remember my dad, showing me like uh early 70s yes like fragile and close to the edge um you know he got me into the police really young uh so you know I, you know none of that of course is jazz but uh it definitely got my you know musical horizons uh wide from a young age um i don't remember what was like my first like, like kind of big jazz thing or jazz kick uh, it was sometime in high school. I don't remember who, who it was that got me into it, but um, I didn't, you know, I didn't dive head first into jazz like I did, you know, metal and, and rock and shit. That was more of a gradual sort of thing uh, over several years. Um, Charlie Hunter trio come in. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Hunter um, in the mid nineties was very influential and, and uh, a huge inspiration um, Al Demiola, uh, Chikoria, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
So uh, after we'd already been playing in the band you were going to mention, Anthony, which is where, which was uh, the guy I mentioned before, Number Paul Ponikoff. Number one fan. <laughs> yeah. um, Paul was a bass player. Uh, so it was just a trio. It was just me, Paul, and Troy. Uh, and we were all, we were like kind of best friends anyway, this trio. Uh, and uh, I don't know where we got the jazz ideas from because we weren't really listening to jazz that much, but we, you know, we wanted to do this uh, blend of uh, death metal, jazzy, weird shit, uh, you know, things where, yeah, some grindy stuff, things where like a lot of riffs where Paul, the bass player would play something that was seven or nine notes long. And I'd be playing something that was five or 12 notes long and they would, you know, eventually catch up and meet each other but mm -hmm. in the meantime it was fucked up harmonies and and you kind of had to listen to one or the other or else it was just a clusterfuck um it was 2 a.m copious amounts of smoke were in the air yeah. Ren and snippy were on the tv <laughs> it's somewhere in the haze <laughs> Ren yeah. and snippy was definitely on the fucking tv dude. Yeah. just the intro though so were you guys self-taught or were you guys taking lessons Troy self-taught here. Yeah. Yeah. I was self-taught. Um, uh, you know, when I, I got my first guitar, I think it was like Christmas when I was 12 and my dad showed me the bow did bow diddly rhythm, which is just a E when you E and then you bridge to the a, but it's a three, four, the rhythm sort of thing. And, uh, he just showed me, he played it. And uh, said, that's all I'm going to teach you. I'm like, okay, great, thanks. But I learned it. You know, I, I, I realized that it was actually kind of a cool little lick and uh, starting off, you know, with a three-fourth strumming pattern um, was, was interesting because I didn't really have to think, you know, I didn't have to learn it. You know, I didn't learn four-four and then go, look, oh, I got to learn three-four now. And it was off. It just like, it's like I started on a weird timing kind of thing. Um, but yeah, self-taught other than a couple lessons in the first like five to seven years, you know, one here and there from just random dudes, but it wasn't any, you know, there was no jazz or anything. I did take a couple of lessons from a jazz player later on when I was like 19. Um, I took, I think, three or four lessons from this dude named Tony something at Geld Music in Redwood City. And uh, I learned a lot of shit from that guy. He was a really good player. Uh, so... So, how long did where last? Uh, I want to say '94 to '98. That sound yeah. about right. And basically, right after that, severed came a year less than a year later. Troy, are you talking? Oh, there you Yeah, uh, <laughs> we um, yeah. So we had talked about starting where for a while, and then just like kept putting it off, kept putting it off. <laughs> didn't have anywhere to practice i didn't even have a drum set at the time uh so we eventually got that going in the end of 94 we were like made this deal for like by the end of the year we've got a jam somewhere and then it was like a last minute thing um and i borrowed a kit and we scrambled together and ended up jamming in the uh like back storeroom at the grocery store that mike worked at <laughs> because his boss was cool and um <clears throat> kind of got that going and then yeah we were working on it pretty solidly until it was actually in 99 mike and i were still 
kind of kind of jamming but paul had kind of moved on he was doing vulgar pigeons he was living in santa rosa and commuting and yeah we were in the same rehearsal studio as our other buddies sorry to interrupt real quick so vulgar you were in vulgar pigeons that early this is that was so 98 late 98 early 99 paul started vulgar pigeons with um john gatelli who was a drummer that mm-hmm. was uh, his Telly like child shop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he was a childhood friend of Paul's, and uh, uh, him and those two and Spence, this kid named Spencer um, from Burlingame, and Jeff Lenormand, and I forget what, which band Jeff was in before Vulgar Pigeons, but he went on to be actually him and John started Tortured Conscience, which is that Christian death metal band. Um, but anyways, we were where was just kind of like going nowhere we we had some a few good songs but you know we weren't taking it too seriously and uh paul Wait, you were where but you didn't know where yeah oh, come on <laughs> uh Sorry. paul and john decided to start vulgar pigeons as like a side project for both of them and they came out with this fucking five song demo that was mind-blowing and it was it, it it just made me and troy go fuck what like he's he's obviously not going to be in wear anymore uh because he's got this it's it's so fucking good uh they just kind of really came out of nowhere um with that first ep whatever the hell it was called um and then uh yeah i'm trying to think of where it went from there um you're on the first I think full we, length. Where just kind of we never really, huh? You're on the first uh, vulgar full length though, right? Are you? Is it the first one? N- no, the second, second one. one. Okay. Yeah, the first one was I want to say genetic predisposition. It had like a cartoon of uh, a pigeon on a surgical table or something goofy <laughs> like that. But yeah, um, yeah it didn't. It, it was it was really good. Their vulgar pigeons was a shit for a while um so we were you know we weren't mad at paul or, or bummed out yeah that he you know kind of you know jealous but you know. a little jealous sure yeah because they were really fucking good um and where just kind of fizzled like we never really talked about it um did that just did wherever do live gigs oh yeah oh yeah yeah lots Didn't, and they you were guys did a, like a split ep with somebody too right no i don't or think is so. it just just a recording that you guys have recorded an ep or two planet of the apes bunch of by the way it's only on my ipod so if you guys have it dude i need to get a another copy because my ipod takes a shit dude i don't have anywhere (laughs) which we've got some there's multiple yeah (laughs) yeah there are multiple versions different versions of the same song some with oh yeah some without vocals uh rare bird we were love that shit all right so where was kind of fizzling out and then what was going on from there well, kind of what was happening there was that um, <clears throat> Murray and Tom and uh, oh my brain just went blank. Uh, Armando, Craig and Armando, Armando. Yeah. were all had been jamming. I don't remember when Tom and Murray started Christ Denied. That was uh, maybe ninety six, ninety seven, something like that. I don't know. They've been around. I think it was yeah ninety seven or ninety eight, something like almost that. Almost a couple years at the time, and then they moved to the same rehearsal studio we were in in Redwood City. And um, and then Tom moved to Hawaii, and uh, nope, no, 
<laughs> no. All right. Correction. No, it is just, just a minor detail. They didn't move to the same rehearsal studio. Um, they were, I forget where they were jamming originally. Or that place in the city, like the empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, Murray asked me if I wanted to jam with them. And, I, and then they came to our studio and Greg was using your drums oh, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah, we, it was, it was me, Murray, Armando Avalos and Greg White on drums. And we didn't have just a vocalist. Just instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was just like a bedroom death metal band, you know, like there, yeah. there was uh, Tom, Tom and Murray started it. But Tom moved to Hawaii, you know, several months later. What Tom was super into doom, so it was slower and doomier in the beginning. Yeah, got progressively heavier. Yeah, yeah. So, um, then he. uh, I was jamming with them. them. I was jamming with them, and then, uh, uh, you know, I, I, they had a couple. They had, I think, three songs kind of like the blueprints laid out and um they were gracious enough to let me kind of take a sledgehammer to them and and keep the good parts and rewrite it and 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 make a uh uh different songs out of those songs essentially and um troy came to our because we're 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 actually practicing before uh where would practice um and uh, at some point, we realized that uh, the drummer was not up to the, the newer material, unfortunately. And um, I asked Troy, you know, hey, do you want to just jam with us? Because I think he, he, Troy got there early one day or something. I'm like, dude, you know, have a seat. You know these I songs. Think, I think Greg, like, couldn't make it last minute or something like that. Like that. And when Troy sat down, it's like it all of a sudden the songs were legit, you know, and, and, and I hate to say it like Greg was a good, really good guy um, and a good awesome. drummer. Yeah, he was a good drummer and a good guy. He just wasn't up to speed for, you know, blast beats and shit, you know, um, and Troy was and Troy came in and, and it was just like, you know, when we me and him first jammed, it was just instantly it was it was legitimized and and it was it felt like a real band all of a sudden and uh um i think it was maybe a week before we kicked greg out after that yeah um how long until dusty came along uh not that long after maybe a month a few weeks was that like that murray yeah i forget they were i think he was he was friends with armando i think yeah yeah i think you're right he'd come to practice and then um because he, you know, was a guitar player, not a vocalist, but he could growl. And it was one of those things like, I don't know, one night and several beers later or something, it was like, he got on the microphone and we are like, oh, hey. Did he come from a different band? Dusty? I don't remember, I don't remember what band he was in. I just, he was a kid. He was like 17 or something. We were all, we were all like 22 21 or 22 actually no yeah 22 or 23 at that time and he was like 17 and uh i had you know partied with him at murray's apartment a few times and 
He just turned 18 not... right about the time that he joined. Yeah. 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 And uh, he came and did vocals and it was fucking great. You know, he had already, he looked exactly like he did when you guys remember, you know, when mm. we played shows on, like he already had hair below his ass and fucking, <laughs> you know, fucking windmilling and fucking, he had a good growl from the get go. Um, so it, that was another thing that, that uh, was an instant, uh, you know, it, it hit it off instantly. Um, you know, he was a really, he was a perfect fit right from the beginning. Um, so cool. So you guys got all, got all that together. And then, uh, how long before Puddle of Gore demo EP, whatever you want to call 2000? it? 2000? Uh, before we were like recorded it, it was a, probably about a year because it was, yeah. it was around May of 99 or something by the time I joined and then Dusty joined and then um, we wrote this, uh, the rest because he already had like three songs and wrote a couple more. So the first... We a couple shows and then we're like, oh shit, we need a CD. Yeah. And so... <clears throat> First, first song was Steel Toe. Second was Puddle of Gore. Third was uh, Barry. Um, fourth was Fecal. Fecal, yeah. And fifth was Molesting. Yeah. Uh, and that one was actually Molesting the Dead was the very first song that they had written uh, that I like took apart and like yeah. took like two riffs from the whole song and made a whole new song out of it, you know? And that ended up being the most recent and final song recorded on our, our original uh, demo EP. Nice. That's sick. So on the Willa Tip biography, it says that one of your first shows was with Incantation. I think that was our second show. And yeah. then also Discord and Discord's Deeds of Flesh. You guys supported that and had a CD release show as part of that. Yeah, I don't even remember. Troy might or like yeah it's more like we got a chance to open for them at uh the heck was that place something ballroom or somewhere oh yeah and yeah right the grand regency ballroom we, or some like shit called it our demo release show i think yeah because <laughs> we're like oh these are good these are good bands that are all headlining you know playing the bill i think they were on tour or something and like yeah, let's make this our cd release but um yeah i think one of the first ones we got uh, got onto the bill with Benum and Vulgar Pigeons or something at the Coquetry because we had played with them before with Ware. I think that was our very first show and that's the one where my clutch cable snapped on the way to the show and I had to get towed to the show. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, and then the second show was with Incantation uh, headlining in Concord, I think. And I just saw, I didn't even know this, but uh, no, it wasn't the Depot, it was some other place. Was it? Uh, no. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like a pool hall or something. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know this until I saw Murray mention it on Facebook like last week. But I guess Richard Christie, you know, death and uh, mm -hmm. on from Howard Stern uh, was the drummer for them at that time. I had no idea. I'm like a fucking huge fan of that guy on on the Stern show. So that was pretty <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. I have a funny story about that um, because Murray, Dusty, uh, Amanda, those guys were really into incantation. Um, I, I was never really that into them and so I, I had no idea <laughs> uh, who any of the members were really and we went to play that show and I, I had heard the name I knew who Richard Christie was but I'd never seen him never met him and um, of course we're just this unknown you know opening band and I think I probably was late 
and like I was late a lot back then showing up trying to throw the kid on stage and this dude comes up to me he's like hey can I help you set up and he's like uh, sure yeah and uh nobody ever asked me that <laughs> yeah um so he starts helping me set up the drums and putting stuff around and he's like kind of placing him this seem right this seem right and I was like oh this guy knows what he's doing you know must be a drummer or something and then uh we get done setting it up and get off stage and we're just about you know getting ready to get started and guys come in like oh my god dude you know who that was and I was like no what who and they're like the guy helping you set up your drums I'm like no who <laughs> like that was Richard Christie and I was like Richard Christie and they're like yeah this I was like oh shit I'm like well now where now I want to go thank him again <laughs> <laughs> I'm like super cool super cool dude yeah <clears throat> I didn't know that he played with anyone uh that big after death and control yeah I, or whatever yeah i had no idea he was ever in in incantation That's like it. i had no idea until like last week that he was the drummer for that show but i'm uh, sure he drummed for iced earth too yeah yeah he was one of those guys that had just picked up a bunch of projects actually hold on i'll be right back go for it uh, so troy how's uh how is like getting into death metal drumming like do you remember like first hearing a blast beat and being like, I'm just going to do that for the next 20 years or like, how did it go down? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty close actually. Yeah. Uh, so rewind back to the uh, meeting people in high school. Um, so I met Mike on uh, freshman orientation, didn't hit it off. Uh, first day of school, I'm in gym class, uh, you know, getting ready to, I don't know, changing into a change, getting changed back into my school clothes or, what I was wearing and of course I was wearing like a Slayer shirt or something and this dude comes up to me tall skinny lanky dude and uh he's like oh hey he just starts going off and uh because he liked the shirt oh am I into metal and this and that have I heard you know have I heard of these guys have I heard of these guys have I heard of these guys and these are a bunch of bands I've never heard of and I was like no 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 sorry no you know Megadeth Metallica Slayer Anthrax you know. <laughs> uh anyway so <clears throat> Fast forward to every day at gym class, this guy's talking to me, and this is Paul Fonikoff from, you know, Vietnam Boga Pigeons, where, and um, after like a week or so, he keeps asking me, you know, go to lunch with us. I want to show you, you know, come with, got a car. Uh, we all go to lunch together. And uh, after a few invites, I was like, yeah, okay, fine. So uh, we start hanging out, and he's kind of like, we're talking and we're playing, you know, mostly thrash and everything. And, uh, He's like, hey, what are you doing after school? I was like, oh, no, I just got to go home. And uh, he's like, oh, let me give you a ride. I said, okay. So we leave school, we get in the car, and he's like, hey, I want to show you um, some bands. Have you ever heard of Carcass? And I was like, no. He's like, well, here, let me play it. So he puts on, um, I think it was something off of, uh, not Comporial, but uh, anyway. Symphonies. Symphonies, yes, symphonies. And uh, it was not really, like, I liked their later stuff, or probably more than the earlier stuff at the time so it was like eh, yeah it's okay i think music's cool i don't really dig the vocals but whatever and he's like all right have you ever heard of uh cannibal corpse and he's like no man i've never heard of any of these bands i swear <laughs> and he's like here let me put this on and he puts on hammer smashed bass it, that album had just come out it was you know like just came out and uh or semi-recently anyway and he puts on hammer smashed bass and i was like it just is one of those things where it blows your mind. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I've never heard anybody play that fast, which is a funny and kind of ironic to say. I've never heard anybody play that fast. Uh, 
the snare drum, the blast beats. And I literally went home, got out of the car. We sat in the front of my house for a little bit, listening to more music, got out of the car, went in the house. My dad was like, hey, who was that? I thought this guy I met at school named Paul. He introduced me to death metal. <laughs> He's like, death metal, what's that? I was like, it's the craziest shit I've ever heard. It is so fast. And I tried to demonstrate with like my, my finger on the coffee table. I was like, the snare drum is like, you know, and I couldn't. It was like, you're like, dude. I couldn't move my hand that fast yet. I was only playing thrash at the time, you know? So, but yeah, it was one of those things that blew my mind. I was like, oh man, like this is, this is, you know, because I was, an angry kid looking for ways to express physical violence so i was like this is this is great you know <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah and it just kind of you know bloomed from there i guess you'd say yeah i definitely yeah. remember hearing hammer smash face that was one of the first blast beats i ever heard too so even probably like 15 years later it's still the gateway for almost everybody i think yeah i remember being at uh me and paul ponikoff went to the drive-ins uh, just the two of us just to smoke weed and, and see uh, a double feature. I forget what the first movie was, but the second movie was uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yeah. And we just, you know, we just knew Jim Carrey from Living Color. And, uh, you know, we're just sitting there baked watching this movie. And then just out of nowhere, remember, he just goes in, or I forget what, what happened go, right before yeah. it, but he just walks into the club and it's just dun, 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 <laughs> yeah. instantly. And we couldn't believe it. Like we're so baked, <laughs> so baked, and and like we're not expecting because there had never been any death metal, anything at least as far as we knew in like pop culture, anything up and you know up until that point. And then to see it, you know, actually cannibal on stage, you know, in that movie, just out of fucking left field. It, it was incredible. Yeah, was I it? think I think he's on. Uh, um, what's, what's the talk show oh arsenio arsenio, arsenio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but napalm death yeah napalm right death is yeah 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 and i thought seeing that that's super cool for yeah. somebody of his level to actually call out a band like napalm death i heard he was like an he was like an actual fan though yeah yes. like he wasn't at, at that arsenio thing kind of made it seem like he was kind of joking around a little bit but um well it's because he probably has to you know say it yeah. through his character kind yeah. of you know He's, he's he has to stay as Jim Carrey, but really he's showing an actual part of himself. And he did he did like a little mock vocal sesh on that. Sounded like Barney, like almost like yeah. your, the singer's name. Sounded like exactly like him. I was like, dude, we need to get this guy to a guest spot. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was like twenty five mil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, so let's steer it back to uh, you guys again. Um, so now we're at the spot. Well, we, we're ending where we're already. Christ and I is going. Troy now is in in the in the mix, and now things are starting to pick up speed, right? So we, I think uh, at that. So our second show, I think, was the last. Show, the one with the incantation was our final show as Christ denied because the singer had mentioned to one of us he's like yeah so uh christ tonight is a band from fucking like holland they're buddies of mine or some some shit like that i forget what country they're from uh but there was already that band or that band name in europe so we're like i still okay. have never heard them but yeah i do remember that seeing their logo <laughs> on other shit yeah they're so spain apparently spain, spain okay so we yeah. instantly you know after that second show 
instantly like instantly realized no wait well yeah yeah. you guys kind of pulled like a uh a pig destroyer because they used to be called cop killer then they changed it from cop killer to pig destroyer Hmm. yeah it just went from christ denied to severed savior so it's kind of the same shit right all right yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know severed i don't know if any of us I don't, it was one, Severed was one of those, uh, just random, like, you know, we were just spitballing names, you know, Captain Crunch, fucking blah, 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 all this shit, <laughs> you know, and, and Dusty, Dusty was just like, dude, Severed Savior, bro. And we we're just like, what? <laughs> you know, it just, it just sounded good. You know, I've, I've, I've pretty much hated the name ever since then, but it sounded good at the time, you know, yeah. um, it, it had a good ring to it, I guess, you know um totally. so what what the fuck ha- what was next it's, um it's, it's sacrilegious to say but there was a, there was a lot of names there was just like spewing of names yeah and we were trying to decide on them and there was five of us in the band and there was a vote and some of us lost i voted against <laughs> okay so that sounds like maybe i voted against lost. it <laughs> Troy, let's hear i'm pretty sure mike up, and i dude. voted against it actually but we you lost. voted against it Troy was was going for, he's, he's going for captain crunch was, yeah. uh, <laughs> missed opportunity there right you know in um, hindsight we probably picked the right one but uh at the time we were like you know it's a standout logo that logo yeah. definitely catches my eye when i see it that made a difference yeah yeah. That's literally, that's 100% of the reason why I even checked you guys out was I'd go to the pound all the time and I'd see a thousand people with your guys' shirts. And I was like, there's got to be something to this band. I keep seeing them everywhere. Right. And uh, I was like, it's probably just some local band. They have a bunch of friends. I'll go check it out. And actually, I think you guys were the first one to coin. I don't know. You could totally correct me on this. I went to your website after I saw it at the pound and it's just all San Francisco technical death metal. And I was all technical death metal. I've never heard of that before. I'd never heard that term used maybe suffocation maybe but i i I don't even think they ever described it like that i don't know if you've ever i don't remember that yeah i don't remember ever like describing other than just like death metal or or whatever on your website said brutal technical death metal yeah technical brutal california or something yeah yeah i think it's a california in there somewhere too yeah yeah yeah. that was the first I, I give you guys credit for that i think you guys you guys started it (laughs) yeah uh it uh yeah it was one of those things when you when you start to see it the first logo was pretty cool um but then who did that one i don't remember uh some tattoo artist yeah and then uh and then demon got it tattooed on the back of his head yeah. No, that was the no, second. That's the, that's the legit logo. logo. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you guys had the, just... the 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 demo logo, right? Right. Yeah, the yeah. demo logo, and we we're like, eh. and somebody's like, oh, I know somebody that knows John Zig, you know, and um, so Zig how did we got introduced that him, logo, yeah, so the second logo. The logo, and then uh, obviously album art, and so yeah, then that you know, we went through a couple of like revisions too, but overall like you know that made a big difference and you can see them on the severed insta page to instagram page has all that uh visual history of the band which is really cool the uh kind of the, I, yeah i i don't think i've ever ever been to it the the like we're, <laughs> we're the most we yeah, always Mike, have been can... 
<laughs> we <laughs> always have been and and probably always forever will be like the least like um how do you want to say it? active well yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were Not never like <laughs> we were never like we never took it too seriously. Like we never self-promoted a lot. We did a little bit, but we never really like went to shows, spreading our flyers, or, or you know, like posted a lot of shit and content on on MySpace or Facebook or Instagram or anything. You know, I I, I only found out that we had an Instagram page like six months ago. Um, yeah, it was like a word of mouth thing. Yeah, we just like, Grassroots. dude, you got to check out this band, Severed Save. <clears throat> well, I think. I think at one point, I think at one point at the beginning, uh, or near the beginning, um, when our demo was out, the the puddle of gore demo. I want to say it 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 like of the MySpace music death metal charts or whatever. Like some of the demo tracks were pretty high up on that, and I think that did a lot for us. And I don't know how they got there, but uh, MP3.com, um, bro. That's where I found you guys. MP3. Yeah, yeah, maybe that. Maybe. My my I, my story of finding you guys is actually on the the first episode, which I think is now deleted. Uh, decrepitated tormentation. Uh, why wow, that was in, that was entertaining. You should keep it up. Right on. Well, I I think that well the reason why episode I think zero. you were deleted is because eventually <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell those stories again. You know, so it's yeah. like yeah, eh, whatever. <laughs> but um. The story is is meeting Dusty at uh, the Pound, and that's how he had told me to check Severed Savior out, MP3.com. It was uh, yeah, I think I think that's right. I'm, it's I'm just so fuck. funny, like MP3.com, dude. <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, so forced to bleed. So you guys decided to record three more songs. Put oh well after after the demo came out um it was kind of apparent that we needed well first of all the demo uh right before we recorded armando joined the marines and i having not played bass in years had to like literally i, I didn't even practice i just went when we played in the studio or when we recorded at the studio i just played all the bass tracks yeah. on on armando's base um and uh so he was pretty much gone for i don't know a couple months he got kicked out for getting into a fight or some shit um so he didn't make it all the way but he came back and we're starting to write some newer stuff and uh i forget what the deal was um but we ended up kicking him out um which sucked but uh this is a good dude, funny motherfucker, but it just wasn't working out. I think he was getting too drunk all the time or something. I don't, I don't remember. He slept through too many practices on the couch. Yeah. He out drunk, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I asked Murray, I was, I'm like, dude, fuck yeah, I'll do it. And he just instantly, you, know, like, you know, one day he's from second guitar player to our bass player. And... Um, I think we did play a show or two like that. Um, and we recorded like that. And then uh, I think at the incantation show, Jared Deaver was there and um, he liked us and we, we became friends with him a bit. And uh, he 
had just quit deeds or was quitting deeds right around that same time. And uh, we talked him into joining. And um, let's see, I had already written. Might have even been later because I I thought he was still playing with deeds when we played the show with the. Yeah, he yeah, that's what I mean. He may have he may have still been in deeds, but he was quitting right around the same time. And we'd written um, Fuck the Humans and Dead Speak. And then Jared joined and me and him wrote Force to Bleed together, the song. And um, that was great. Like, I, I really loved that collaboration. Uh, I thought we, we, we went really well together. Um, like, our, our styles were totally different. Um, he was, you know, totally, you know, just, he was like, like uh, you know, like from Deeds, you know, he just sounded, his style was Deeds of Flesh and my style was totally different. And he would always say, dude, yeah, I'd never write that. <laughs> like I, you know, I'd show him a riff and he'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd never write that, but it's cool. And, you know, <laughs> we kept it. And uh, there was a little bit of headbutting at the beginning, but not really. Um, and for the song forcibly well um, that, you know, we decided to record the three song EP Forced to Bleed. And, um, I think at that time he didn't have all of fuck the humans and dead speak down. So I ended up recording, he had some parts down, but I ended up recording both guitars at some points in the songs. And you can actually kind of hear, if you listen with headphones, you can kind of hear where the switch is because it just sounds different. Um, and then, so that was summer, late summer of 2001, I want to say, um, and then so that was uh, uh, the purpose. I mean, it was recorded as two EPs and then Troy, you came in with disfigured to put it together, almost like a compilation of those yeah, two EPs. That was kind of like a um, hurry up and record um, situation because, and, and we did have like a couple independent labels that had approached us that were interested that labor, you know, later on fell through. We're like, okay, we recorded, uh, you want to you know send us some money for it and put it out and they're like oh my something happened i don't have the money anymore and um it was like hurry up record get it put out because we were courting being courted by a unique leader but in order to get signed a unique leader we needed to have like a, a real <clears throat> cd out not just a demo and um so that was that was kind of where you know it's like hurry up get this recorded get it out and then we can get signed <laughs> to unique leader right and um so yeah at that like last ditch effort to because we had already like booked the release show with deeds and discords and those guys in november 21st or something like that and it was just one of those things like all of a sudden we didn't have a label that was going to put it out so so you're, yeah. are you saying that force to bleed was two different eps put together mm-hmm. yeah the the so puddle <laughs> okay go ahead force to bleed is the three song ep right yeah the, yeah uh fuck the humans dead speak or no fuck the humans force to bleed and dead speak okay and then our ep our demo ep puddle of gore five songs were the bonus tracks right so <laughs> the bonus tracks <laughs> were longer than the the three song ep and sounded infinitely better so it was like our, our, our bonus tracks were just blew away. Even though the, the music, you know, was better on the first three songs, um, the three newer songs, uh, they sounded like shit compared to our, our five demo tracks. 
which was kind of funny mastering too because they had to put these two different completely different sounding recordings together and then yeah i don't know why we didn't just have them mastered separately if it was just money or time or what but yeah getting them all mastered together it's like it made the first three tracks super tinny and no low yeah. end. it made the last five tracks super bassy and yeah it was not ideal but it was a time crunch dude but <laughs> regardless of how you if this is this is a conversation that we all all musicians have been having and we've been having recently it's like we're never going to be happy with our recordings yeah and and forced to bleed to me was actually a very like powerful influential album that i had come across early in my development as a death metal fan you know and and regardless of how it sounded like it it it, like made a really big impact on me so in in the end it doesn't matter what you guys are nitpicking about how it sounds you can't deny that the first three songs sound like absolute <laughs> shit and the last five or demo tracks sounded like a legitimate I'm recording. Dude, that. I feel like the I feel like the biggest novice. I had no idea. I had no idea there were two different recordings. There it's yeah. <laughs> one sounds one sounds like it was recorded with a, a fucking ghetto blaster in the corner of the room, <laughs> and the other sounds like an actual studio recording. Which, by the way, is how Carnivorous did all our pre-demos yeah, right? before Troy. Jamming. I think we might yeah. even have did one Ghetto Blaster recording with Troy at the yeah. rehearsal, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Forcibly it is recorded. Now what? What happens? You guys just... I, you... So, we had... Troy, do you remember what month we recorded? It was sometime in summer of 2001. It was like June or July, right? Start, yeah. Yeah, because so, we uh, we had uh, we had to hurry up and get done so vulgar pigeons could record. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We were, we were um, trying to make a good recording, but uh, yeah, um, it was out of some dude's house, uh, Larry Santiago, very cool guy. Uh, it was a blast. It was a blast. Oh, vulgar pigeons recorded before us with him. Oh, was it? Was it? Before? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm the one that talked us into recording with him. Because oh. just because it was so much fun to record there even though it sounded like absolute shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Poker Pigeons so, came out all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Paul had a funny quote about the Vulgar Pigeons summary execution album. He got interviewed somewhere and they were ragging on how shitty it sounded. And he was like, you know what? Our, our goal was to make it sound shitty and it surpassed all of our expectations. <laughs> like it, it, was, it was way shittier than we were hoping it would be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so severed had started writing new material after we recorded and this is where uh me and jared really started butting heads um you know i like to take time to write stuff and the other guys in the band everybody pretty much just wanted to get out there and play shows you know just just let's get out there let's let's throw a fucking album together at least this is how i felt you know I felt like everybody was saying like, let's just fucking throw some shit together, record it and tour on it. And I was like, you guys, I'm all about the music. I want the music to be as good as I can possibly make it. Um, you know, I, 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 I've always been a, you know, hyper perfectionist and like really hard on myself. And, um, I always felt like if I can't do better than my 
influences, then it's not worthy of me putting out something. You know what I mean? Uh, if, if something wasn't, if I didn't do something as good as death or carcass or cynic, uh, what's the point? You know, it's, it's, you're just taking a step backwards. Um, I wanted to take a long time to write songs and, and probably too long. They wanted to just pump shit out. And, um, really was a vote of confidence in your writing ability, but (laughs) what (laughs) I said, it was really, it was a vote of confidence in your writing ability. I think it was like, Oh dude, you don't have to be so critical. It's you're writing killer shit. Let's just, let's just do it. Something. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. It's just, um, different processes. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, I, Jared is a fucking great, like, I love the dude, still love him. Funniest, funniest motherfucker, good guitar player, good songwriter, um, great guy to hang out with. Uh, but at that time, you know, it was, it just wasn't working out. Like, I wanted to take the band in the fuck the humans direction. And he wanted to do, to me, like another deeds of flesh album and i kind of you know i could i don't know neither of us really wanted to meet halfway you know uh we just really started butting heads not on a personal level just just musically creatively yeah and um yeah and and uh we had we had written probably the first half of one by one you know, he came in like he was like, "All right, so here's the new song," and it was the the riff where the vocals come in. It was just da 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 you know, play, you know, sit on the notes longer. So we wrote like the first half of that song together and halfway through it, I was just, I, I just, I was just not happy. Uh, I, I later came to love all that material. Uh, it just, at that time for me, it wasn't my thing. Didn't um, you part of Buried Again or most of Buried Again? No. No, no there I was another song. We had like two songs in the works, I think. Well, the re-recording of Force to Bleed on that album, uh, which I don't know oh. why why it was redone, but uh, because that, the first one didn't do, I don't know, justice <laughs> audio justice, yeah. The second one didn't either, but uh, <laughs> we, we, did, we had a bad audio quality one time, and then poor musicianship the next. Time. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was. <laughs> I was my fault. I like that fault. album. I, don't get me wrong. I love that album, but uh, that that yeah. song or that second version of that song, I think, didn't need. It wasn't necessary. When we were recording Forced to Bleed and we had done 27 takes that song and I just could not get it right because back then we did start to finish. There was no Pro Tools. There was no take it from the break. The drums was start the song, play it perfectly all the way to the end, end the song. And of course, all that stuff was like faster and slightly beyond my actual like ability, let alone comfort level. And I think we literally did like 27 tries and I just couldn't nail it. I eventually lost my mind. <laughs> just tracking the drums though. Just tracking the drums it, on that at, song. Right. Which so, was also in another dude's house, right? That was in Larry's. Oh, the... oh that was, I'm talking about the first time, unfortunately. Oh, the first so, time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. When it came up to re-record it for Brutality, right. I wanted another shot at it because I didn't play okay. it, at, you know, okay. and I thought, yeah, this time I'm going to nail it. <laughs> this time it's going to be right, you know. 
And so yeah, how, yeah. Do you how, feel how'd that like work you... out for you? Didn't work out so well. <laughs> I was going to be a little nicer with the way I was going to say it. Wasn't, it wasn't bad. I'm just fucking with you. It wasn't bad. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I was going to say, personally, Troy, how do you feel with your second recording of it? I'd have to listen to it, but I honestly haven't listened to it in like a decade. I was just looking to see if you got your redemption. That's it. No. I just, yeah. Because I think my performance might have been better and the audio might have been better, but the song as a whole lacked. Dude, so brutality. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you guys because in the brutality days, I'm still just a fan, you know? So I came across Force to Bleed and it blew my mind. And then brutality came and I, I noticed the change, but I still really enjoyed the album when it came. It's, it's got some really fucking catchy parts in it, you know? And so I just look at it as like, as there's the Mike Gilbert severed savior and there's the non Mike Gilbert saviors severed savior. And it, a lot of people do. It's it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm saying that in a, in a bad way. I'm just saying like, that's the way that I look at it. And Mm -hmm. I like both for what they are, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so and something we also skipped over that is that mike didn't record on brutality's law oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah we didn't yeah. even say that so yeah. yeah so yeah i'm sorry i'm i'm jumping forward so okay yeah jared you um well, right just different to say, shit. i i was hoping you know i was so happy with how jared and my uh uh what do you call it a collaboration on the song force to bleed came out so well and it kind of, you know, it just didn't carry on like that. The, the, the first half of one by one that we worked on together, I thought was good. And then I was really not digging uh, some, one of the riffs that came in and, and he was working on another song that I wasn't really feeling. And um, it's a very, this was also like, right. Huh? I was going to say, he's just, he's a very, uh, you know, he's a very charismatic and influential guy. So getting everybody kind of on board with, his vision was something he was good at doing and you know like kind of well, like the band name we were a five piece so when we kind of had to at hard decision of picking a direction for the album is it could be this way or this way there was a vote <laughs> yeah and he you know we were both um we both had a bit of an ego that that you know we were the guitarist of the band and we were going to be the main songwriter and neither of us wanted to really again you know meet halfway uh, with the collaboration um, and it just it just wasn't working out and also and this was also right when 9-11 happened and that was a huge fucking uh, huge bummer to say the least mm-hmm. uh, and I just kind of you know when that happened I, I, I almost felt like you know fuck does any of this mean anything anymore you know it just I, I just kind of went through a funk and uh, it was shortly thereafter you know maybe a month after I think in October sometime um i was just getting i was getting miserable at practices and miserable during you know whenever we try to write stuff nothing was good enough and i wasn't coming up with anything good either and uh they were ready to kick me out but i i beat them to it and i quit first mm-hmm. and uh you know it, it was a mistake uh you know i i i it only took me a couple years, you know, once I came, I came back a year and a half later, I think I quit in October of 2001 and came back in like April or May of 2003, like a couple months after brutality came out. And, you know, by that time I'd come around and, and was loving those songs, 
you know, so I, I regret not being, not being part of it. Um, Cause you know, who knows, who knows what, have, what would have been, you know, maybe it would have been worse. Maybe it would have been a little bit better. Who knows? You know, I just regret not being there all the way through from the beginning. Um, but I was proud of them uh, for putting that album out and they did it really fucking fast too. Uh, you know, way faster than I can come up with shit uh, for the most part. Um, they wrote and recorded that album within, I don't know, eight months or something. Something like something that. Something like yeah. that. <clears throat> Pretty quick. Okay, so. Yeah, no, I lear later learned to love love most of those songs a lot. Yeah, dude. I, I, yeah, totally. I was just going to, I was just going to ask Troy. So like leaving you where you're at right now. So Mike quits, <clears throat> you decide, okay, we're going to go forward and we're going to go in this direction. So take us just a little, you know, through there until Mike comes back. Cause he said, Down he's, you know, a year and year and a half later, he comes back. So mm -hmm. that chunk of time was, uh, what, no, you went on the cannibal tour. So it was, that was all before the cannibal tour. This is all right? beforehand. Yeah. 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 Was that bloodletting when you jumped back on Mike for like I, live? So I, I had been back in the band for months Okay. Uh, we had been practicing and I had all the songs down. Um, but at that time, um, I was taking care of my grandparents. Mm. And uh, um, when was that? That was 2000. It was the, I guess, when Bloodletting was fall of 2003. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, my grandparents were getting old. Uh, and I was, I was kind of helping them out, you know to get groceries and just take care of them to some extent. And, um, I had work that I couldn't really take off from that at that time. So that tour kind of was not, uh, uh, it just, it was bad timing on my part. Uh, and the final, I want to say the final show for that tour was in Palo Alto or, or, and I, I did play the final show. That's where that's I was at that show. That's where okay. I actually I met Anthony there. That was okay. the first night that Joel yeah. and I had met. I met you and Dan Kenny. That was that night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Valley was the Manifest, night. Something like that. Something. Yeah, yeah. It was it was the yeah. My claim, my claim, uh, my fame for that night is I did all the intros for Gorgasm, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hang out next to the sound guy. Like I knew exactly when i needed to stop the intro so they could play their song dude. sweet <laughs> funny how cool it was at the time to do that type of thing though. oh dude it was it was killer i mean i was i what we were probably like 19 years old joel yeah yeah 19 20 right out of high school yeah yeah dude it's wild shit season the obese dude <laughs> how do we yeah i don't want to get into that too it much was, like it, aol or something we meet on uh, yeah that's what it was I, yeah. I don't know how we you and dan, dan Kenny. you and yeah, dan yeah. had connected somewhere on the internet and he told you that we were doing carnivorous and you That's were right. gonna possibly join yeah 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 and i uh remember seeing you guys <laughs> i saw you guys at that show and i was like i saw him standing over there and i was smoking a cigarette against the chain link fence <laughs> and i was like shit that's them i gotta pretend like i don't see him so i can, I can, I can act all cool that, yeah, i think that, i showed up wearing show. i think i showed up wearing a carnivorous shirt dude. like you Sweet. wouldn't like you wouldn't of course, you would have known it was me because I'm wearing a car. Yeah, shirt, yeah, know? that was hilarious, <laughs> dork. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, that was an awesome show, though. That that show actually, 
Well, yeah, that was the first, that was the first ever show I ever, I ever attended for sure. It was, I was obsessed with Spinal Possession at the time and had, I had, I don't think I haven't had Force to Bleed yet, but that show, I just bought everything. I was like, from then on, it was like. Spawn was amazing. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, Joel, real quick. You, so, Severed Savior was a band that you first heard live? Like, you never heard any other shit before that night? Uh, I, 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 you know, it's just like going back when, you know, listening to these guys talk a little bit. trying Because I think that's the best way to be introduced to a band, dude. Well, I, I remember. no I, idea what what's coming and... I think you and Dan both were like, hey, right before Severed went on, and they were like, hey, Severed's about to play with the original guitar player who's like a shredder and blah, blah, you have to see it. And then so I went in and, and you know, stood right in front of Mike. It was just mm-hmm. like, holy yeah. shit, like, what the fuck is this? Like, I was like completely blown away. And there's like, you know, Bill, I met Bill Robinson that night. I met like, uh, I think uh, Eric from, I think Eric Lindmark was there. I, yeah. I do say he was, he was there. Um, and everyone, and I was just this little fanboy that like, I just been listening to Deicide and and you know I got a hold of a Spawn of Possession album on a, a random just went to Streetlight Records was like oh it's on Unique Leader this is supposed to be cool and I went and got it without Carrie actually got it, my buddy Carrie and uh, we put it in the CD player and we drove home and we're like what the fuck is this I don't even, <laughs> I've never heard anything like so then I we became obsessed with just Unique Leader everything you know just like anything you know Psychroptic Severed every like mm-hmm. anything that came Unique Leader. We were just like, what, you know, they were just pushing the boundaries on everything. And, and they yeah, had this knack of finding all these bands yeah. that were doing something completely different. And that's kind of, I don't know if it was before Spawn or after Spawn, but it was right around 2002, 2003 is when I heard both. So that's when I became slightly obsessed. Yeah, dude. I sure. remember like on the U- Unique Leader website, you would go and like click all the samples. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Like, we, remember with Dan, we would just sit there and like, what is this band? Like, like whoa spawn holy crap you know and then it was like psychoptic those guys are nuts you know we just right, like trying yeah. all the different ones and necronomicon <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah totally. <laughs> totally dude there was cool what do you stuff. sanction yeah um, what do you sanction bro we we saw i actually saw you guys i think i mean i might have heard the clip or something but i pretty much saw you first like before i heard the cd and like i saw you guys at it was a birthday party show in san francisco like in deeds played it's like 2004 or something like that or somewhere or 2000 i was trying to Casey where was that talk to me about this and i was trying yeah, to figure out where it, it, was it was somewhere in the city it's not it was i had just moved there oh 2004 uh, are you t- right after the cannibal tour because that was the, so. our first yeah. show back from oh, the cannibal tour i have a story about that too broadway right across the street from where the stone used to be on yeah broadway. and okay uh, that might have been it there was like you know 15 like 20 Ray, people there delray dude Ray? i no. i totally forgot dude we drove okay even before that so dan and i drove all the way from san diego because because we still lived back here we drove all the way to the whiskey in hollywood to see you guys with cannibal corpse and it was sold out and we couldn't get uh, in we drove like like two and a half hours and then we mm. like walked up and there's like and we're like why did we get tickets we just didn't like think about it and hmm. we're like sick dude so we just <laughs> like it was like probably right at the time you guys were playing we were so bummed we're just like drove home like well that sucked we're not doing that again <laughs> that that happened to me with cynic uh oh really cynic when cynic toured with cannibal and uh the, Ber- the berkeley show yeah yeah, yeah i uh, who uh, else um vader my, my, my brother was there on acid. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Wow. Yeah. So there was an earthquake that night, too. There was like an earthquake that day. 
they were on yeah. acid. after yeah. they after they left there was a big like a pretty big earthquake he was like yeah oh, yeah Jeez. I just remember, had your um, brother had your brother known about Cynic before that? Yeah, show? yeah, yeah. He's oh, always, I was gonna he's say ahead of the curve. Your yeah, first yeah. experience with Cynic and you're on No, acid. he was there for Cynic pretty much. Yeah. 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 I, I got to the show. That show was sold out. And Troy and Paul got in. And I was standing outside with I I think Tom uh listening to Cynic Invader and Cannibal, but just standing out there in the fucking cold in Berkeley smoking yeah. and mm-hmm. that that was a bummer. But <laughs> that's actually how i, I met well, casey actually back there was a i think it was an origin show and yeah. it was at the aptos club down the street it's like literally down the street from me and uh i was like you know what i was 20 and it's a 21 and over and i'm like i'm just gonna go stand outside and just listen to it smoke cigarettes and and just just listen you know because it's in aptos which is such a small little part of santa cruz origins playing here like i have to go and that's where i yeah, met that was rad. David and casey and everything they were all standing outside too and then they're like oh we're in a band too you want to hear our demo and that's pretty much where, <laughs> where i uh that's where i connected with odious was in front of just doing the same same thing well i okay. i remember so that show that i went to so dan and i moved from san diego up to santa cruz in 2004 or i'm sorry up to san francisco um in, in 2004 and so like i was like 21 and I remember just being like, like, I think I, th- I thought it was that year, but we, we, there was a show, it was like Deeds of Flesh. And then, you know, you guys were playing, you know, we're talking about that. And, and so we went and we, we, I think, like I said, we had heard the clips from like Brutality is Law at that point, you know, but we didn't like know about Force to Bleed or, you know, that kind of style too and stuff. But, and like Dan's like a super picky guitarist. Like he doesn't really like freak out about everyone except like someone that just is insane. Like Eric Rutan or Muhammad, you know, whatever, all those kind of people that are just, you know shredders but like dude he was blown away by you mike like no um, shit remember you had that blue jackson and i actually have that guitar now not yours obviously Are you talk- the oh. sl2 <laughs> i got it right here this one yeah dude, look. i i also you got had it? a fucking nice. I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know bro i got this Sick, like dude that's the same fucking it, guitar when, when i fucking got it i was like oh that's the one that mike gilbert played at that show and i was like yeah i love this I've, I've had it for like 10 years or whatever but uh that's fucking awesome but dude. dan was like he didn't even like really know who you guys were and you know like he had heard force to bleed or i'm sorry he had heard uh you know um brutality is law and he was just like that guy that guy like mike who that guitarist he was like blown away by you dude i remember Fuck. that it was funny it was awesome and i was too the whole band awesome. you guys were so sick dude like thank you troy all of you guys Marie, i mean it was like the whole show was just fucking dope so yeah we were just like after watching you guys we're like well that was fucking rad like what the fuck and then deeds played and whatever you know? yeah and blew so, us away yeah you guys yeah. were amazing i don't know it was it was a killer show it was all the bands were, i can't remember who else played but i just remember it's mainly you guys and deeds but yeah Dude, I mean, that's the whole, I mean, I've talked about it every single time. The reason why we're doing this thing is because we've acquired so many unique people with so many unique projects. And I know I'm in this band, but I'm saying like, I was a fan before this band, so I can still talk like this. Um, th- we want everybody to fucking see this shit, dude. Like, to, if they don't know about like Severed Savior, they need to know about Severed Savior. Dude, you didn't that, like them that much. I mean, you're, I mean, Carnivorous sounded nothing like them. 
<laughs> Trevor Xavier Jr. I know. Well, okay. So let's Xavier touch on that right? real quick. Let me just touch on that real quick. Yes, I will admit there in the beginning of Carnivorous, it was kind of like what Mike was talking about earlier, kind of throwing shit together to have songs, to make a demo, to get out there and get going, you know? And those first few songs, yeah, it was definitely cookie cutter. Not necessarily cookie cutter, but, you know, very catching in the style of yeah like a lot of blueprints from a bunch of different bands you know there's probably a gorgasm riff on there right there's yeah. decrepit riff there's severed sounding stuff that digga 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 riff like you want if you love it you want to play it and that's what dan was doing i yep. can I, i'm not a guitar player so it's like i can't really um you know drive it in a certain direction other than like I, I mean, the... increments of defecation, fecophilia. It's not even <laughs> grammatically correct. <laughs> and by the way, I'll tell you right now that that is not even gra grammatically correct. And Gilbert is the one yes. who told me that. <laughs> yes. I was like, hey, that uh, that um <laughs> that title we came up with, <laughs> that turd song. No, <laughs> don't do it. Yes. I know, dude. And that's, these are the things that, I'm, that actually works perfect with what I'm talking about right now, because it's like you start and you go and you kind of just copycat shit. And then you have the older brothers who are telling you, no, you're not, you, you don't copy. Don't copy. You know, I, I didn't really see it as a copy. Um, I just, I just, that's that no i'm not saying that title was literally said those words i'm just saying like yeah. there's times like murray would literally be like dude that riff has already been done in this fucking band and you're like oh shit you know he's it's just like one of those like check yourself thing real quick you know but um yeah as a as a just touching on what you just said as a as a guitarist uh who's any any guitarist that's even a shred critical of themselves in their writing will have written 20,000 riffs that they are like uh yeah that's this other fucking band god damn it yeah oh, yeah it's already fucking been done god fucking damn it <laughs> or I've, I've had ideas just going through my head and then somehow i've heard it you know on a new album that just came out and it's like yeah why the you know how the fuck they know i was gonna do that <laughs> you know yeah they fucking exactly. they did it first and i don't yeah. know how i have an app idea i want to design an app you could play a, a riff into it and it like scans the music database and tells you if it's already <laughs> right. a fucking song but i have no idea how to code an app but yeah, anyone but out there wants to get idea. Touch. speaking of an app have you guys seen that new uh, ron jarzenbeck app it's no. like a, it's like a it's like a ron it, basically you can write out like it gives you probably 10 or 11 characters to write just type in like fart whatever you can type out whatever you want to say you can say like hello anthony mm -hmm. and it will and each note it's in a certain time signature like a like a total jars and becky kind of time signature and it will just create a riff in the key and then like however whatever like sentence or words you decide to say as um, long as it's within the what what is it the circle of 12 tones yeah Something like, yeah, yeah oh dude i got mine over here somewhere too I got wait a... wait i don't even know bro what's his name or her name or cinder cinder i got sagan behind me somewhere cinder oh, what is yeah like i know cinder block what does cinder mean what i've never like a little ash because she's a little dark oh yeah, 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 yeah. a little burnt 
thing. Uh, Sagan was nice. just here. He just didn't want to show up for the, the cat party. So I, uh, <laughs> when I finally get over to your place, thanks for letting me know. I'm going to definitely have to take some uh, allergy medication. Yeah. <laughs> to those fucking things, dude. So a bunch of people, uh, fans who replied to the uh, posts asking for questions, they, they want to know about the Cannibal Corpse tour, especially hmm. the bloodletting uh four right no, no those are two different sorry. ones sorry sorry okay uh so th there were specifically questions about uh the cannibal tour with <laughs> cannibal corpse black dahlia murder but you guys can touch on the other tour obviously too but um i just remember you know I, there's a lot of funny things from that tour but uh I remember That's saying to can we wait real quick yeah. before, I'm sorry I, yeah. I know you're about to go into it but can we can we just talk about real quick about your your uh your means of transportation and how we made that a reality and and then how it became a complete failure Sure um, you're about the SS we, Titanic yeah. yeah I I funded for the most part funded the purchase which wasn't much of a 45 foot or 40, 40 foot 40 foot uh air airport shuttle bus that troy Same went down place. to arizona to pick up um it had seats rows of seats all the way through it uh we tore all that shit out worked night and day for like a month turning this thing into a livable uh, space and yeah. and, and you know we put a floor in with that a thing. couple of uh, uh, apprentices by the way yeah yeah um by the put... name of anthony and dan yeah thank you thank <laughs> you so much <laughs> um we put a floor you know we we fucking uh drilled a floor into that shit we made six bunks uh we made a fucking dining room area all behind our area up front all behind our rehearsal yep. uh, building the goal the goal from the get-go was hey er, er, troy's sale sales pitch was hey i can get this 40 foot fucking bus for about three grand uh it, it only has <laughs> it only has three gears but i can get a highway gear to put into it so we can go on the highway because otherwise it just tops off at like 45 <laughs> right so that never happened. That never. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a red line. We never got that highway gear that we were promised. Mm -hmm. uh, so whenever we're driving on the fucking highway, you know, it shifted first, second, third, and you just hear the fucking RPMs go up higher than any vehicle should yeah. go, and that's where it would sit. Mm -hmm. It was sitting at red line. Five, six, about 50 thousand. miles an hour all the way around the continent like that um we bought a uh who we drove went to... <laughs> this dude <laughs> this dude <laughs> who was this... supposed to drive most of driving oh did you dude. wait real quick troy you picked it up in arizona did you drive it yeah how'd that fucking go well it was rough i'd never driven a 40-foot bus before I, I, yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> what i want to know and, uh, <laughs> to be fair that was not the bus we were i was trying to buy uh, i was trying to get a, like an ex greyhound bus but i lost the bidding war on it on like ebay or something yeah okay i remember yeah. that 
And then we were, again, last minute. It's like I'd been trying to get, you know, waiting for this bus, waiting for the auction to end, and then I lost it. And then, you know, we got a few weeks till we got to leave on tour. Now we need something now. Yeah, so what we could afford was a uh, X Southwest Airlines airport shuttle, a city bus in, uh, in uh, Phoenix. <laughs> so I flew to Phoenix and picked it up and drove it back. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I'd driven some like fairly big trucks, like, you know, flatbed trucks and stuff, but never anything like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, savage, dude. It was the, the biggest piece of shit. Yeah, um, it, it had no air conditioning. So we had to put like an air conditioning unit that was meant for like a van yeah. in the roof. And every time we use it for 10 minutes, it would pop the breaker, the circuit breaker uh, that we had installed. So we'd have to go back and pop that thing. And it barely, you know, it, it took like five degrees off of the, the, the temperature. Uh, the electrical generator wouldn't fit in the engine bay so we strapped it to the roof of the bus and bought a fucking hose at home depot and fed that hose down the side of the bus into the engine bay where we stuck the gas gas tank for the electrical generator it was so, all the way around generator was in the engine bay the gas tank was on the roof i'm sorry gravity fed yes yeah the, the generator was in the engine bay the the gas tank a five gallon gas tank was strapped to our roof and every time every show <laughs> at the end of the show because you know we'd have to fill that fucker up because that was supplying power for the ac unit the tv uh whatever the fuck else we had Lights, uh, whatever, yeah. yeah we had to open up the safety hatch boost somebody up onto the roof and then hand them a five gallon tank of gas to fill into the fucking <laughs> tank of gas that was feeding the electrical generator it's like uh what is that the i think it's called the belafonte and the in life aquatic the fucking ship that steve zisu has that's falling (laughs) apart it's like every every like 10 20 minutes the fucking power shuts off and then it has to go to the fucking backup generator it was it was the same exact thing dude it was awesome and miserable like (laughs) it, it 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 you know, got the job done. It got us from city to city with only a couple breakdowns. It probably would have made it a lot further if you guys didn't have that blowout and went to that spot that gave you the wrong size tires. Yeah. Well, that and the the apparently you're not supposed to use just regular like clear rubber tubing to feed gasoline through. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because, you know, the day of the last show, which was supposed to be in New Orleans, uh, we were in Katy, Texas, and uh, apparently a, a large fire had started in the engine bay, and it was fed gasoline the whole time because it just ate through that hose. Gas was pouring in, which was just adding literally gasoline to the fire. And as far as I know, that bus is still in an in a fucking some salvage yard in, in Katy, Texas, Texas. Right? Yeah. Yep. It actually kind of made you famous for a little while because I remember Murray was uh, working for YouTube. So he, he got that on the front page yeah. of YouTube. <laughs> he got the front for splash page for everyone. And that still, goes yeah. yeah. And that's still up. I think it got like 65 first day or something like that. Jesus. And uh, it's still up on YouTube. I think it's just titled Sever Savior Bus Fire or something. 
Um, and if you watch it, there's a like a demo version of the first half of the the clean song, the acoustic song I did on uh, Servile. Uh, that's the music, and it was just it was actually on an electric guitar. It was on that. I played it on that Gibson SG over there. Oh, nice! Just clean channel with some chorus and reverb, but it's the same like first maybe fifteen seconds, twenty seconds of that song, something on there. Yeah, that, and then uh, what's it called? Uh, Troy's drumhead, the burnt drumhead. Oh, yeah. yeah, you kept using that thing yeah. for a, a while Amos. after right? years. Yeah, years, years. Yep, yep. Toasty marshmallow head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a way to wake up at like seven in the morning. On that God. Way. It's like, uh, yeah. with smoke. Yeah, it was. Dan, Dan was, was uh, the last one to wake up. I think wasn't he? <laughs> You guys I want to see the video as being as he was being tossed <laughs> out of the bus by Murray. So that was the thing. Like, <clears throat> so I think the driver noticed smoke coming up, and, and you know we were starting to have problems with the generator. The muffler was clogging on it. The muffler was getting red hot, and it would smoke and chug. And uh, so the driver's pulling over. Oh, Murray woke up first, or whatever. It's Murray and the driver. Smoking. Murray and the driver. So it's smoking. So he wakes me up, and we pull over. And uh, we get out, stumble out of the bus, seven seven thirty in the morning. Go walk into the back, and um, it's smoking. So we're like, "Oh, something's on fire!" So Mary grabs a gallon jug of water, and we get to the back of the bus, and we're like looking at it, and the generator's purring along, and there's no smoke coming out of the generator, like the hatch in the side of the bus where the generator was, but there's smoke coming from underneath. And we look down, and we see flames licking out from underneath the wheel wells, and he's just like looks at the gallon of water, and he's like. This ain't gonna do anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I was dead asleep, dead fucking asleep, hearing pounding on the side, and we're going, "Yo, motherfucking bus, get the fuck out of the bus!" And I jumped out. I like got my shit. It was already smoky in the fucking cabin, or whatever you call it. I was putting my clothes on, yeah. putting my shoes on. Now this is this is fucking like. <clears throat> Uh, nine like, or nine or ten in the morning something like that it's like seven seven thirty it was early yeah it was already like 105 fucking degrees outside uh, it's the end of july in texas yeah I, so I was like i was like dude get everybody off the bus i'm gonna yeah. start pulling gear so we got on we opened up the back door because it was a city bus so i had a front door and a back door right we opened up the back door there were no stairs there anymore because we removed the handicap ramp thing uh mm-hmm. and wheelchair uh, so lift. he's the wheelchair lift yeah and he uh so he's yelling at everybody he's getting them off the bus and i just start grabbing gear and just like chucking it into the ditch on the side of the road <laughs> because the fire is right underneath the gear storage and like the rear lounge that we never really finished which was you know right by the engine and um yeah the fire was coming up through the floor which is how my bass drum got toasted it burnt through my case and scorched mm-hmm. that side of the drum melted the head it was one of the last things to go out because it was like in the back corner of yeah. us underneath everything else i didn't get the amps or the merch but i was because the, the uh, cabinets were huge and heavy and i couldn't pick up my we got them out though we got we got yeah we got them out but it was it was mostly like just chucking personal stuff and drums and whatever i could mm-hmm. get my hands on. you guys have any burnt merch out there probably oh, oh here's here, here, right, here we go here we go <laughs> nice yeah. nice <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah, that's our baby. 
Jesus. <laughs> Wild. Can I just yeah. can I just comment on how weird it looks to see video that's I don't think it's that old, but it looks like it's from the 80s now. It looks, <laughs> like, it's, right. it looks like it was totally, on a right. fucking razor. July 2004. Damn, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I, I it is long ago, dude. That's pretty long. It's 16 years, yeah. That's 16 crazy. fucking years, dude. Murray pounding on the fucking door or on the side, just the side of the bus. And as soon as we heard fire, that's when uh, it was me at the bottom, Dusty and Sean, our guitarist at the time, all three of us got out of the bunk at the same time on top of each other and just, <laughs> doo -doo -doo, just like landed on top of each other, three got students. up, put our clothes, put our clothes on, shoes on. I jumped, <laughs> I jumped out of the bus and landed in mud up above my knees and pulled my feet out and my shoes were gone. So, uh, <laughs> so from fucking the border of Louisiana and Texas all the way home, I had no shoes. Just uh, fucking, it, it was awesome. Insult to injury. Yeah. Yeah. God. Oh, all right, that was awesome. I love that. But I want to get back on the path. So okay, we we do the cannibal tour. That fucking boost severed up, way up. That's you know, with you, Anthony. No, I'm. I was. I wasn't uh, on that tour. That was still with Dusty. Um, okay, that's what I thought, yeah. No, actually, uh, Dan was their merch guy. That's as close as I got. So my, Dan, Dan my, Kenny, my, my the bass player for Suicide Silence, <laughs> was our merch kid. Yeah. And, and he was a kid at the time. And the butt end of many jokes and, and practical jokes. He, he's but the he was a player of Carnivorous first. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. most people know him from Suicide Silence know, now because he's joking. a fucking huge rock star. And we're just saying by with... the way, actually, <laughs> I, I got some questions for you guys from him. Let me oh, pull yeah. them up real quick. From Danny? Like, yeah. 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 He was well, he actually what... now that I'm pulling them up, it kind of works because I mean we already talked about it a little bit, but your favorite memory from that tour. He's like the bus fire. Favorite memory from the cannibal tour? Yeah, your favorite memory. Uh one one favorite memory i mean every show was incredible uh you know can't touring with cannibal first just get touring with cannibal is like nothing else you'll you'll ever get a chance to do yeah. uh every show was incredible you know this is our first time playing in front of a thousand people mm -hmm. or more at certain mm -hmm. shows every show regardless of the size of the venue was sold out pretty much uh you feel you, you feel like you're a fucking rock star in your nobody you know essentially uh, and I remember it saying at the time to everybody else, like there was one of those moments where we were all together kind of huddled. I was just like, you guys realize like, it's, it's only going to be downhill from here. Every, there's nothing we, <laughs> nothing we ever going to do is going to be as good as this or better than this. Everything is downhill. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. Well, whatever it is, what it is. Right. Um, and, and those guys are just the fucking nicest down to earth, fucking most gracious generous fucking guys in the scene that i've ever met they're they're incredible um, totally but one of the the funniest things i remember uh was uh being at how's this it's a club in montreal called fafoons or something oh, like that Fufani is electronic Fufani, yes yeah, yeah. Hey, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing it's this thunderdome type place where there's like you know a couple hundred people on the floor and then there's this balcony that's got another hundred people and then like a third balcony and like each level has a bar and there was just a shit ton of people. It was an amazing show. Troy, one of Troy's triggers didn't fucking work for shit. The, the whole show. 
So that was awesome. Um, <laughs> but I just remember like, it, you know, like it was this huge death metal show. And afterwards, everybody stayed around. Like they, everybody stuck around. They were just kind of lounging, like lingering and mingling. And, and, and we're just like, okay, all right. We're kind of loading out and putting gear off to the side. And not even half hour after Cannibal ended, they started playing fucking techno. And these same motherfuckers, same motherfuckers <laughs> that were there for the death metal show, pitting the whole time, are all of a sudden the same fucking people are they now having the, a rave. They pull the glow sticks out of their boots that they with their camo pants. Yeah. Or no, camo cargos, dude. You flip out yeah. the cargo on the side. And the I side think thing. Casey remembers there was a plate of uh, the Joe, knitting remember factory. Berlin? <laughs> oh, or there was the knitting factory. Uh, and it, oh, yeah. That was, oh, and, yeah, dude. That was, people, was like people, a gothic thing. People were like suspended like with hooks afterwards. Uh, while people, well, I don't know. Yeah, okay, right. Real quick, was, we just have to explain it real quick. Uh, knitting factory is multiple rooms. It's not just the one, one. in Hollywood, right? Yeah, the yeah, one yeah, that's yeah. now it's not even there anymore. Okay. It was on it's on Hall. Yeah. It was on Hollywood Boulevard near that Chinese movie theater. Yeah. And um but it was multiple rooms. I think they had like four different rooms in there of various sizes. There was the front room, then there was the main room, and then they also had like two different smaller rooms in there somewhere. I don't I've never even been inside them, but the front room and the main room were just divided by uh like auditorium doors you know the swing open doors hit hit the fucking whatever the push thing and then they just swing open and uh but they would just divide it for the for the night and have two different shows but um sometimes it wasn't a show the front of this place was a, a like a bdsm night and stories about this shit yeah and uh so we were playing the main room and then the front room that shit was going on but they could still we could still like go in between and they started leaking into our show and then by the end of the night when everything ended they just opened those doors and both the our show and the bdsm crowd started to mingle right started playing a bunch of fucking like uh I don't even know if it was like trance and goth, like VNV Nation shit. And everybody's just like, it's just the vibe totally changed, but it was yep. still like, it, it kind of like worked still. Like everybody started just like, okay, now it's a party. Well, this, that's, that's yeah. what it was like at the, at the fucking Montreal show. You know, it was just instant, completely different scene. Yet the same people for the most part, it was like 90% of the same people there. And like, I just remember like being in a row like there was us and like cannibal dudes and a couple black dahlia dudes standing off to the side with our gear just like our all of our jaws were dropped and i just like looked down the line of people of you know all the people we're on tour with and everybody's just like watching this shit go down and i remember like you know some french dude walking by and i stopped him like hey dude what the fuck is going on right now <laughs> like is, these are all the same people that were here for the cannibal show now they're all fucking raving what's going on and this dude was just like you know in like the snootiest french and he was cool but he was like you know that typical kind of french snob accent he was just like oh here in, in montreal we love all music and i was like okay dude more power to you you know fucking <laughs> have fun we're out um 
that that we was a, a highlight job. that was a highlight of the tour and then um dan kenny I mean, he was just full of fucking highlights the whole time. He was hilarious. <laughs> uh, being Mad in 7-Eleven in, in Regina, Regina, yeah, however it's pronounced. Yeah, he, he, we're, we're, we're just all walking through 7-Eleven at three in the morning, buying our shit. And I just hearing Dan Kenny's voice go to the, the girl that worked there. He's like, you guys have mayonnaise in Regina? <laughs> and fucking all of us, all of us just fucking... Harry Carey style. It was amazing. Dude. Totally Harry Carey style. He didn't, uh, or Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey. Yeah. He wasn't very good at selling merch, but he was great at the uh, drinking everybody's <laughs> beer and being hilarious. Yeah. He was good. He was good at passing out carnivorous demos. Oh, uh, <laughs> I heard one show. Uh, Cannibal was playing, and, and they're playing. Uh, they're about to play Skullful Maggots, and Dan had their their set, you know, memorized by this point. And George Corpse Grinder was up there. Right, here's our next song, and, and yelled or tried to yell "Skull Full of Maggots," but like his voice cracked <laughs> <laughs> during maggots. Maggots. Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. And oh ev- like everybody at the show kind of like heard it. They like turned, looked like what the fuck? Fucking damn, dude. <laughs> All right, sorry. There's still more though. Troy, this one's specifically to you. What was the biggest difference with Carnivorous and Severed Savior? Biggest difference? Biggest between... difference between the two brands. Brands, dude. <laughs> the singer. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm... <laughs> like music or just my playing I just know. what, what he, i i would say that like it what, was a totally you, different when band you, when you right think of yourself playing with carnivorous <laughs> you think of yourself playing with severed savior what do you notice a difference between the two well okay so here's one thing that was was cool about it at the time was that um we so in severed there's you know the writing process is is kind of always on a journey for finding you know the right notes the right beats the right vocal patterns and and there wasn't a you know like a 100 percent like style there wasn't a framework that we couldn't go out of but there was a lot of things that i liked bands that i was listening to things that i would like to do that just didn't fit so with carnivorous i had uh, more freedom to kind of experiment with those those types of uh I don't know, beats or ideas or whatever and play things that I couldn't do and severed. So that was one nice difference that was uh that was a lot of fun. Um but it was um I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would say that yeah, if you were to compare the two, like we were definitely more loose and more open to, you know, we were more elastic. We were also, you know, young guys looking at we're like, dude, we have we have fucking the drummer of Severed Savior in our band, dude. And this is back in like two thousand three, four ish, right? And 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 so, although you we, you know you felt like you had your room, it's like, um, we definitely were in the position of being like, Troy's input is very important too, you know. So what you would give back to us was what it was like a churn, we just like churned it like butter you know we just <laughs> gave it back and <laughs> forth and then but it was also like you know that the structure of those songs is so 
chaotic, dude. If you really look at it, it was just like throwing riffs together and then get to a certain point where we're like, okay, let's play the beginning riff again to tie it all back, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's really just like stacking riffs on top of each other. But it was still super fun, dude. And, and like catapulted us, you know? in the directions yeah. that me and Dan yeah. went as well. I wish that Carnivorous would have went further with the Ivan, Dan, Bohegan uh, lineup, you know? Right, right. Um, Just, yeah. yeah, I was going to say that everything, you know, timing, timing is everything and whatever, everything, everything that's going on in everybody's individual lives and mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, too much, too much, uh, you know, strifes, things bleed in and stuff like that, but when you know, not that, uh, not that I didn't have any input or didn't have any um, say or, or influence, whatever in Severed stuff. But one thing that is um, that was kind of cool was, like I said, with Carnivorous was <clears throat> was uh, it just felt like I had more weight. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, and I'm not, I've never been I'm not a guitar player, and I've never been very good at coming up with riff ideas and stuff like that, but but I like to have input on arrangement and those types of things. So, so yeah, that was, like you said, chaotic riff stacks. And then I'd be like, what if we did this? And you guys would be like, mm -hmm. I don't know, let's try it. You know? Yeah. And then, so we shuffled the deck, play it. And, and then, what, and then when like, Dan left and Ivan came in, like it actually became more of like a, uh, we were all really involved because like we came to you with those songs, the basic versions of those songs, right? you know, that I just did some basic programming on the drum machine, you know, but then when Ivan came along and he started writing songs for the project too, like, and you, it, it was actually happening in the rehearsal studio versus like, yeah. you know, aside <laughs> from being there but it's always that way when you do first get involved with something that's already going like you guys already had songs that you had been working on that you had like you said drum machine drums too and you had ideas structure you know arrangements in mind and so it's like coming into something you never really you rarely get the opportunity to fully play with them or like it's a deconstruct and rebuild them as much as maybe you, you might want to so then you, you wait for the later music that you're a part of from the beginning to try to have more influence on mm -hmm. and, uh, but yeah it's yeah. really interesting to like, i always think about what would have happened if that band kept going like we were going in a different direction at the at the very end of that you know it was right it was, it was starting to blossom separating a itself bit. from being yeah. severed savior light to being yeah yeah it was it right. was definitely blossoming yeah um all right so to steer it back to severed again um Cannibal Corpse tour was a success for you guys, you know, and uh, so talk a little bit about like what happened after that tour, like you guys settled down and, and I'm, I'm sure it, it became, you know, what to take it back to what you were saying earlier, Gilbert, about how you like to spend time recording, I mean, writing music, you know, mm -hmm. and I remember hearing early, I think the earliest version the earliest version of a servile song was spoils of war you had did oh yeah yeah right you had did a really early version of that beginning riff and then it actually stopped it, it like that riff stopped i remember there being a couple hi-hats and then going into a total different riff that wasn't 
on the final version of that song. I actually kind of want to chime in a little bit because remember, Gilbert, you were on um, the Harmony Central forums as M. Gilbert, and I had no yep. idea who you were. And you posted what later became um, was that the song he's referring to? Um, yeah. It was that, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? I thought you were just like, because we were just talking about amps on that forum. Yeah, you're right. Like, oh, you're like, oh, check out this little clip I did with, you know, with some a sort V-amp. of... Well, the V-amp. V-amp. Yeah, yeah. It sounded yeah. great. And I was like, who the hell is... It, made, it totally, like, I had no idea who you were. I was like, this random foreign forum kid is just writing this shit? Like, I was like super thrown off by it. Was that, was that the first kind of idea going into that album or... Uh... Yeah, I think so. Um, Anthony said that it, it went into a different riff, but it, it didn't. In that original clip, um, everything, there's nothing in that original clip that wasn't in the final version. Uh, we just kind of like extended the, the beginning on the, the album version. And then there was another, a second clip that was uh, what later became the song Servile Insurrection. Okay. And that was just like the first. I don't know, 30 seconds of it or something. Um, and we recorded that once we finished writing, or once I finished writing that song, uh, which took forever, fucking, um, we recorded that song at some studio. Some, I don't remember who he was. It was named, uh, I think his name was Joel too, wasn't it? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> something. Um or Josh or something. Uh, he, he was a dude who was an aspiring, an aspiring uh, engineer who had some studio time in the city that he was, he was working on getting like a resume down or something. And uh, we recorded the song Servile Insurrection, essentially how it is on the, on the album um, without the very ending part. Uh, we did that as a demo in 2005. He was he was courting us to record the album with him is what he wanted. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, and he offered us some free studio time to demo. We're like, yeah, that'd be great. And I think it ultimately turned out well. Yeah, it did. That we didn't like working with him. We just ended up going. Well, because it was like another two years later. Yeah, it was just a long but, time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but the whole pro, like the whole in between time. That was when, you know, the whole in after the Cannibal Tour and in between that and when we st originally started recording Servile, which was in August of 2007. Mm -hmm. um, that's when we were playing the most shows. That's when we were doing those double duty tours with uh, Odious, uh, Carnivorous, and uh, Decrepit. And the, I forget yeah. the lineup. It was usually us headlining yeah. Decrepit, Odious, and Carnivorous, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we did we did like three mini tour, three or four mini tours like that, and then there was a couple totally. mini tours where it was just us and decrepit. I want to say, um, and then there was also a mini Vile. tour with just odious and deed. Yeah, and then we did a couple other little you know West Coast things. Um, I think one was with obituary somehow, but that was oh, yeah. you know crazy wow. that that happened. Ended up at the um, Northwest Death Fest. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So the kid who was playing with us for 2003 and 2004, Sean, quit after the Cannibal Tour. And uh, we got uh, Joe, <laughs> that character, um, Joe from PA, Philadelphia, uh, 
came out and he did a couple tours, mini tours with us. I think you guys were there for that shit. Um, and was there somebody else? I think there was a few people we had tried out, but it seemed like every time we, 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 we had a moment of, of fucking spare time to start working on stuff, it was either spent showing somebody else the material to try to get them up to speed on it or we were going out and doing another little mini tour or something like, and just getting ready for that. So just no real progression. Just There was very little, like very little actual writing time between brutality and servile. Like we didn't actually start writing the majority of the material for servile until the year before that. Um, and, you know, some of the songs took, some of the songs on servile were rewritten from the ground up several times like we had them completely done and then my ocd fucking you know just uh neuroses and i just fucking completely deconstruct the song take what i liked from it throw it back together and, and rearrange it and until i was finally happy with it we um go in go into the studio one day and we put a bunch of riffs down and like get 30 seconds of music and be like yes and then we go in the next day and work on it some more and get up to like a minute and a half or two minutes of music and be like hell yeah and then come in the next day and mike's like i want to make a couple changes yeah the <laughs> whole basically the man whole throw out nine riffs and keep one yeah <laughs> start over now we have five seconds of music again okay yeah <laughs> a, lo a lot of time was wasted i mean you know I, I think the material came out better uh than it was originally but we basically had like several songs pretty much written and then i i rewrote them several times some until i never, was happy some some of them never got resurrected no mm. well, maybe they got cannibalized and put into other songs or something but yeah yeah well the end um, of that process is like one of the greatest death metal albums of all time servile insurrection is just so sick thank like, you um it it's I, I think it's it's like I wish that defining. were true, and I'm no, happy you feel that way. No, it's true. It's true for me. No. It's definitely, it's absolutely true. Everyone yeah, yeah. I know loves that album. Anyone who's ever yep. been a fan. See, of I only all five I, people. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, only I don't know you know too many people, but they all love it. I only know what I you know, having written most of that material, and hearing it you know through the mixing and recording process. By the time that album came out, I'd, I'd heard those songs fifteen thousand times. You know. And I was done with them. Like it was, I was, they were making me nauseous. I'd heard them so much. Um, and, you know, there's always that, you know, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I wish I could have written this part better or done something differently. Um, yeah. I'm proud, you know, there are definitely parts that I'm, <laughs> no, there's definitely parts that I'm proud of uh, on that album. Uh, but, you know, there, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I've seen more bad reviews on that album and to some uh, in some cases i agree with them <laughs> oh, um, come on. Uh, <clears throat> it is what it is you know uh, i i enjoy parts and and other parts i'm like uh you guys should have re-recorded uh, you guys should have re-recorded force to bleed again dude we recorded <laughs> i know you fuck the humans on that you didn't fuck the humans though, so right? we and recorded and dead speak and dead speak so i talked them into re-recording force the bleed for a third time because <laughs> the second <laughs> because the second one came out so shitty 
uh, and the first one just sounded like shit. The first one had better playing, sounded like shit. Second one sounded better, but the playing was a little sloppy. I talked them into doing it a third time, which they did not want to do. Uh, <laughs> we, we, I think we did one, one or two takes on the drums, and I may have that somewhere, um, just like a rough mix of the drums. Uh, but we did try to do it. Uh, drums again and we did one or two takes in that and it never you know happened again um it's funny fecal (laughs) 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 fecal filiac uh part of the main reasons one of the part one of the main selling points of re-recording that song was that uh there's a section where Troy's just doing a caveman beat, you know, ticket, 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 right? Caveman beat. And on the ride, it's just a simple ride, you know, slow ride hit. I know that one. And ever, we never played it like that. Like we wrote it like that originally. And then- barely finished writing it when we recorded it on the demo. And then it was- Yeah. By the time we were playing it live, I had talked Troy into playing like a Sean Reinert kind of, you know, uh ride beat over that same beat so the feet and the right. hands were and the snare were still doing the same thing but you had the you know kind of thing right yeah yeah and um and then he added the little right little flare at the end so i think that was the first song that we recorded when we when we tracked drums and the easy ones yeah and we didn't it was no it was the first song we recorded when we tracked drums because we realized later that we didn't have the uh a mic over his ride and the whole point of re-recording that song was to get the cool the cool ride beat in there to get like the best version of that song on tape which was with that ride beat and later you know when we're mixing it troy's like motherfucker that fucking beat (laughs) The whole reason we we recorded that song again was to get that beat in there, and there was no mic on that ride. We forgot. It was like I think we specifically said like I need a ride mic, need a ride mic. Oh no, mm-hmm. the overheads will pick yeah. it up. Like no, I need a yeah. ride mic because we got some intricate stuff, you know. And then I think it, the the mic was there but wasn't on or something. Like yeah, that. so you can it hear was... in in that recording in Servile, you can hear just just faintly some some cool ride work he was doing. But you know, on other songs, the ride is clear as day. You got so. it turned on for the rest of the album, but just yeah, not that one. Yeah, yeah, because like you know, you want to have different levels of the overheads, like versus uh-huh. that one sound. You know, so like if you turn up all the overheads, it's gonna like you know. So you, yeah, you want that. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, dude. I love that song, "Acts of Sedition." That shit's sick. I, I was like revisiting all of it, and like I, I I listened to that album like three times. I think yesterday. And um, I, I love that, like, you know, acoustic intro. It's so sick. And I love Thanks, that. Dude. That song, Acts of Sedition, is just to me, just like, what the hell? That was like, so I have cool. a question on that song, too, but go for it. Go it's, ahead, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I so I wanted to know, Troy, were you, were you no doing sing- yeah, oh, singles uh, <laughs> on the kick drum uh, throughout that album? Or Servile? Doing singles? Like singles on your kick pedals? <clears throat> I would. Single strokes? Yeah, single strokes. Or he didn't. Strokes. Yeah, I thought you were talking about like single foot blast. I was like, I'd love to be. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> good yeah. enough to. I don't think the whole shift. fucking the shifty foot double stroke thing was even a thing. That that... The, yeah, was putting not. out the cigarette. Because there's a part on a on <laughs> acts of sedition. There's that part where 
it's like and like the kick drum like it's just so fast do that part again do it again i forgot what it was you know the part the lead guitar okay the little the little five second solo yeah and the kick drum is it's so fast it's insane yeah i told i told casey that that solo is actually done in the acoustic part yeah but yeah. Trey can play super fast, even with singles. I've seen it in person. That's what uh, I want to know. Is is that like he's super fast? Like he, he does that hyper thing. Right? I don't know what like you do. You just like some, it's like just you go for it. Man Twitch message. Yeah, yeah caveman Twitch. Twitching in time. It's funny. The styles of Severed Savior is the caveman Twitch and the Jedi grind. Oh, yeah. that's right. Oh, the Jedi oh, grind that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, the, so exp- um, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, so yeah, along my, my path of trying to get faster feet, um, mm-hmm. I used to play the was it the Pearl Power Shifter Eliminators or something. I loved those pedals, but everybody mm-hmm. was playing Axis. I eventually uh, was brought over to the dark side by Michael Hamilton and bought a yep. pair of pedals from him and then had to learn how to play again. Uh, so I started trying to do heel down, which is what essentially what it was. So instead of just like holding my legs up and twitching fast, I was planting my heels and doing it that. So it was really mm-hmm. just like sit really high and far away from the kit, not be able to reach anything else. He would lean back in his stool. I remember yeah. watching him like his stool. He'd, he'd go back on like the back two legs of, or however many legs are on a fucking drum stool. <laughs> but he would lean back in that shit and just kind of like heel down fucking double yeah. bass shit. Swims from riding the recumbent bike at the gym. No, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to push the bass drums out like super far so I could have the toms and everything close to me. And then I would just, just like, yeah, grip my teeth and, and do it that way. And um, it was a lot of work. So I was glad when like swivel and double strokes came along. I've never really mastered them to the level I wanted to in order. Uh, doubles definitely weren't a thing yet, but I think swivel was around, but. I didn't I have it down enough to, to try to record with it yet. So it was yeah. just basically the like swivels where you see the heel flopping around behind it. Yeah. The swivel's fine. I actually really can't do doubles with my feet. I, I, I can do my right foot like fine, but like my left foot is like not down. <laughs> like doubles. <laughs> I just, it works for singles. It's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. But the doubles thing, I don't know. I like, I mean, I can do it like slow and all that, but it's like blows me away. People just like shred that kind of style. Um, and but, they get so fast at it that's <clears throat> almost not even like yeah you can almost like some people are so fast at that shit now yeah. that you can't even hear any separation it just sounds like a fucking it's insane like long uh, buzz saw yeah. or something it's they're so good yeah, i like that sound just, of the slow yeah. what, so like uh what what speed would like early deeds of flesh be 210 to 15 Probably. something like that depends on the song yeah i like I mean, that 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 the double bass but, of that speed is just so much more powerful. And well, like, Callias is all singles, really, isn't he? I think he still. I mean, I don't know. I think he's like Cal- a heel up. Like yeah, uh, it's kind of how my, I'm. I'm more of a heel up dude. But yeah, I, I, I like to experiment. But but dude, I I, I just remember like your your guys's old rehearsal studio and coming and hanging out and playing on your kit and kind of like Mike. We jammed one time. We did Fecophiliac yeah. one yeah. time. You know, I didn't really know it that well. I was just kind of trying. You know. Yeah. That was fun. And I, we're yeah, playing dude. on your kit. Yeah, that was, I was like super RHL. Stoked. That was so fun. Represent RHL. <laughs> Is that Same what place we called? built that tour bus. Okay, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah, and then, but I remember like, like hanging out there and like, and like seeing you guys jam and like, Troy, you would like do that like super just, it's like, I, I don't know, I called it like a hyper blast with your, like you would just, your feet would just start, you just like would go for it, you know? 
it was pretty cool i don't know that's what i remember it's just so just mike m- with the with the who was it you or paul, paul ryan with the jedi grind ah, yeah. paul ryan he, he he does something does he do something like, i think he still does the the you know the jedi grind kind i don't of know stuff. i don't know you know i i uh Let's say murray coined it murray coined i i started doing it mm-hmm. just randomly at practice uh i was i was uh just trim picking yeah. getting getting tired and i found a way to do it where i could bend my wrist and it's 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 almost like marty friedman kind of uh oh that's right almost like a marty Friedman. fuck can't get that level on almost like a marty friedman thing where your wrist is you know you're the there's a super pick slant to it so you're you're slanting like this um it's a different group of muscles so it was to give my normal trim picking muscles a break, a break. Mm-hmm. uh unfortunately you know you can't palm mute one doing it uh but i could fucking play you know uh as fast as i as i wished i could play normal trim picking with that shit with very little effort <laughs> um so it was it was kind of a cheat in a way uh and it's it's you know it sounded different because you're not palm muting it. it sounded more grindy um but uh murray adopted it early on he was like what you know he saw me do it like on the first night he's like what the fuck is that shit and then like the second night you know he, he started working on it and uh he got it down pretty quickly and he called it the jedi grind and i remember paul seeing paul ryan play um and he doesn't you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's different like i remember like uh just watching him do something kind of similar but it was it was it was more like just it was almost like trend picking where he was floating you know it wasn't yeah, yeah. it wasn't the, the same kind of fucking weird contorted fucking um motion that i was doing um but Murray's whole, Murray's whole animated sure. thing about it was he'd bring his hand up. I hear my little hand in front of me. Bring his hand up and then like, you know, like. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was like super. Like he'd bring his, the like, bring his hand up kinda. in the air and yeah. yeah. Bring his hand up in the air and be like. And then down <laughs> there's and there's a couple of cool videos um, online of uh, like uh, looking down the stage when it was just pound. me and Murray playing. Yeah. Pound. I think the pound show. Yeah. There's a couple of moments where they, the, whoever was filming zoomed in on like both of our hands kind of like in a row and we're both doing the, the Jedi grind at the same time and, and flying doing it. And it, it was, it was pretty awesome. Like just to have that captured, you know, you should have tried to uh, palm mute with your elbow. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I've, 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 I've witnessed um, Mike use his elbow very strategically in a riff I don't, I don't, he'd be like yeah i used to <laughs> stop it do a stop or hit a note with the elbow uh i was able to play a one note? time yeah uh one time i was able to play um and it wasn't it wasn't anything planned it was just kind of like uh like um murray and dusty just playing like t- like trying to test me on shit like see if you can do this and I was able to play fecal filiac with my forearm, uh, just just going like this up and down the neck. Um, I, I didn't know it could be done. Like I just I knew the notes. I wrote the I, I wrote the riff, and I put my forearm on there, and it worked. You know, it, it was just one freak thing. I don't know if I've ever done it since then. Oh my god! Um, 
but you'd, be, I, you'd go viral if you did that. <laughs> I don't know. Cheers <laughs> to bony forearms. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so awesome. Can you guys talk more about the recording of Survival Insurrection and like the tones you got for it and hardware what would you and like to know? Into it? Well, someone on the questions said, uh, like, what guitars did you use? Uh, what amps? That kind of stuff. Um, did you fractal it? Yes. So this is to, uh, even though I'd like to think I've lost the majority of what ego I've had uh in the past i i I, i'd like to think i've lost most of it i'm not a fucking narcissist anymore um i would still like to toot my own horn and say that as far as i know servile insurrection was the first death metal album recorded with the fractal axe effects nice this was in 2007 and that's when the first the i had the very first fractal axe effects standard there wasn't Mm the ultra yet uh, it was a firmware version 4.05 <laughs> and halfway through, or actually, um, for those of you that don't know, I don't I, even know. I finished recording the <laughs> album. I recorded, so I recorded all guitars and bass at my house, uh, and I recorded the entire album and then, uh, turned it on one day to start working on the leads and realized that. I lost every single file except for maybe 15 seconds of inverted and inserted. Because of the firmware update? Uh, I was learning. Um, I was learning how to use um, uh, Cubase as I was recording, and somehow I had set my. Uh, the location that all of my files, all of my tracks were being stored in my fucking documents on my desktop instead of in my folder that I had set aside for all these tracks. So all like I was somehow record or saving project files or like the names of the files, like each song was its own file folder in, in where it was supposed to be, but all of the tracks were actually being recorded in a random folder in my documents. And I just remember like being stoned one day and going through my documents and saying, why do I have fucking 30 gigs in my documents on my (laughs) desktop? Get rid of that shit. And I just fucking deleted it. Yeah. So I, I actually paid a service to pick up my hard drive and try to recover all of the files. And the only thing that they were able to fucking recover were some fucking porno pictures I had. <laughs> and that was it. That, that, like I got, I got my hard drive back and like, like 150 nudie girl pictures and, and, and some of the tracks from fucking uh, inverted and inserted. And those tracks were recorded with, firmware version inverted four- and inserted yeah. plus yeah. porn yeah yes you guys were like damn dude those yeah. must have been some important pictures. Uh, yeah. yeah i still have them by the way um, <laughs> you don't throw that shit away come on dude. you say we all save that shit that sounds, the, uh, yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah, we that sound planned the one song called inverted and inserted <laughs> the only one that's saved with all the, the the, those those pictures are uh below in the description if you guys need them yeah <laughs> so um what tracks were left were maybe 15, 20 seconds at the most of inverted, mm-hmm. uh, the second song on the album. And that was recorded with version 4.05. Uh, 
of the original AxeFX. Uh, I had upgraded to 4.06 and recorded the rest of the album like that, not knowing or even thinking that the sound would be changed. So there's a couple of sections in inverted, if you're listening with headphones, where there's a little bit less high end on the guitars. Uh, and that's those were the original, only surviving original tracks. Um, how did you find out about a fractal and doing all? How did how did you? Was that dude, I was a fucking hardcore gear like just yeah yeah. I mean just Harmony was, Central and, and all that and stuff. Yeah, in in the early two thousands, I was I spent more time fucking with gear and researching gear than no, actually playing the instrument. No, no that started in the nineties. Okay, well yeah, <laughs> you were always on a mission. Had that, yeah, that Digitech. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had a GSP twenty one hundred one. Yeah, yeah, which was yeah. the original. Is that purple ones? Or okay, oh yeah. no, it was it looked just like the original Axe Effects, but it was okay. a Digitech unit. Yeah, yeah. Stays and, crunchy even in milk. Yep. <laughs> yep. That was that was yep. a killer the, tone. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um so I was always a gearhead. Uh I've heard I'd heard so I had a um the Behringer V amp 2, which mm. was a, just a cheap version of a pod, but it was 99 bucks and it sounded killer. Yeah. And I thought it sounded better than the pod sounds that I was hearing. Uh, and that's what I recorded some of those clips on Harmony Central with. Um, and then I got Angle stuff. Uh, I got for the Cannibal Tour, I had the uh, ES, Angle uh, E580. Uh, mm -hmm. It was the chrome, chrome plated preamp that was a MIDI controllable, but um, like all the dials were LED lights around yep. them. I remember that. And it looked like kind of like the Terminator without his skin. Uh, <laughs> and then I, tr I, I sold that, too. bought the Ingle E570 special edition preamp, um, which is a, a fucking awesome, awesome preamp. Um, but when I saw, you know, what I was seeing when Fractal first came out, um, I was so impressed with uh, the technology and the dude Cliff Chase who who designed it was coming out with you know updates all the time. You buy this one unit and and twice a month you're getting new amp models, new cabinets, microphones. It was constantly improving the technology, which I really appreciated. Um, I got one in mid spring. It was it was really close to when it first came out, uh, and was able to get some pretty decent tones out of it um like the flexibility of, of the the variety of tones you could get from it uh it was vastly superior to the the behringer v amp that i had been using um, we actually recorded the uh the odious kitchen demo was a behringer preamp it was that the blue behringer yeah, and it, yeah. it sounds we it actually sound killer yeah we actually got a mat send it to us a couple months ago and listening to it again I'm like the tone is amazing like yeah. for like you know for just random direct in preamp it's yep. been great yeah yeah we yeah, uploaded that... it on youtube it's on like my personal channel like yeah the, yeah, like yeah the demo tracks we kind of revisited Sounds that great. and uh yeah it's pretty cool like it's yeah good tone i, I think at the time you know this is 2000 early 2000 or mid 2007 early 2007 whatever um I was so impressed with just the, the idea of having a modeling unit that could now sound pretty good and that I could just record with that. You know, I, I we'd just done the, the demo version for Servile, mm -hmm. uh, the song Servile Insurrection at a studio. And my rig was the Ingle E570, um, 
a VHT 252 power amp nice. and a Mesa recto cabinet. And the tone was good, but I was getting better. I thought I was getting better tones at home, just plugged in direct. And uh, I also knew I'd have more time and luxury of, of recording, uh, not being under the time crunch in a studio, uh, if I could do it at home on my own. So with the fractal unit, I found the amp that I liked to record with was the Solo 100, which was based on a Soldano. Uh, uh, um, the cabinet was a Mesa Recto cabinet model that was uh, mixed with a, so it was a vintage 30 cabinet. And then I mixed it with a T75 cap, um, which they're totally two different sounding cabinets that blend really well together. Uh, I used a, SM, a model of an SM57 mic and a Royer 121, I think it was. Um, and I pretty much set the EQ flat. Like I just, I, I knew that I didn't want to set it too close to how I thought it should sound. Cause then I'd figure, or I figured once we got it in the mixing process, we'd have to re EQ the shit out of it. So I just set pretty much all the knobs at, at 12 o'clock for the most part, or really close to 12 o'clock. Um, and by itself, the tone I didn't think was that good, but once I tracked a separate track and panned them hard left and right, uh, it, I thought it sounded pretty good. Um, what kind of pickups are in that? Those aren't, EMG, they look kind of like EMGs from here, but they're not EMGs, right? No, so uh, the guitar I used for that album was this uh, Jackson SLS MG, which is a Japanese made Jackson that is also neck through um, and has a great fucking heel. Uh, you can see I, I've recently stripped off all the uh, lacquer and, and oiled it uh, just because that feels better to me. But um, it was a, uh, or they are APC pickups, which were, I, I was a member of the Jackson Charvel forum back mm -hmm. in the day. And I saw a bunch of people raving about these APC pickups that were made by Mel Lace, um, the guy who designed the original Lace. And I guess his brother, I forget his name, actually owned the patents for them. So they, there was like a falling out or something where his brother kept the Lace sensor designs and Mel, the original designer, came up with his own company. And um, they're, they're the, they were the first uh, passive pickups that I thought rivaled EMGs for the output and clarity and tightness. Uh, and they're very low noise too, somehow. Um, so this is a Persuader lead and this is a Syrinx, um, which I only used, uh, I think for the solo on Deadspeak on the album, everything else was recorded with this pickup. Um, uh i can't think of anything else in particular gear wise um awesome man that's yeah. pretty detailed that's pretty sick cool thanks yeah what about the so we we touched on the drum recording process uh but is there is there more to say about that i mean that was cool. at castle ultimate with zach Oren, right yeah and um my vocals oh, nice. were also yeah. done with zach mm -hmm. yeah, zach's then, great yeah. We recorded we recorded the drums. The drum tracking was Zach. I recorded the the guitars and the bass oh. and acoustic guitars at my house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then we brought all that back to Zach and me and him mixed everything together and we recorded Anthony's vocals with Zach. Yeah, which mm -hmm. was a little different than Cryptic. It was in the same uh it was in the same place that we did Cryptic, but I did Cryptic in the open room, but I did Servile in the vocal booth. I, I don't I don't know why we did it differently, but I don't know if that booth was even there, but it was the same, uh, excuse me, um, same uh, building that we did it in before he moved. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't know what mic I, I recorded Servile on. It was actually like up until I got this mic right here, I really liked that mic, but this one I did uh, Synesthesia on. I really like this one. What is this? S S SM7B, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I know I'm trying to talk gear with you guys, but really, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, how about working with uh, Par Olufsen for the artwork? Uh, that yeah, was whose, whose decision was that? I don't, I don't remember who originally suggested him. I, I want to say we saw some artwork that he had done on an album and, and liked it uh i did all the 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 like communication with him and the and, idea um, yeah he you know I, I i had the idea of doing like um i essentially wanted it to be like a double helix of like dna but having each link being like skeletons or something right and you know he took he you know put his spin on it and uh there's a, a part on the upper middle right that's like some other structure that originally, like Murray pointed out, dude, that looks like a fucking elephant. And <laughs> it did. Like once you saw, it was one of those things, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like there was like an ear, like an elephant ear and a trunk and like you just, we couldn't unsee it. So I, you know, I, I started telling Par, I'm like, dude, like everything's going great, but that 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 thing on the top right looks like a freaking elephant, and we can't like get it out of our mind. And he's like, "Okay, changes," and it just wasn't happening. And it got to pretty sure he was pretty pissed off because he was like, "Look," <laughs> he he sent me an email or something. He was like, "Look, uh, um, I'm not fucking changing it anymore. You're gonna either fucking buy it as it Dude, is, or or I'm gonna sell I'm, it to somebody else." I'm or not. Something. I'm not trying to just be a dick and cut you off, but it's so funny because this is reminding me of Cryptic. You guys, you guys remember what I'm talking about, Joel and Casey? Yep, yep. Look at Joel, Joel, the butthole, dude. So. That was my, that was my, when I first saw it, I, I think it was the, that was the first one. Can you pull it up, Casey? I think Casey's almost got it. it was the <laughs> Come on, dude. Relax. It's good, dude. We're dude not, so, we're not, hey, this is all part of the did, process. Did Par do that dude. album Nobody's cover? Gonna yeah, yeah, he did. Okay, yeah. that may, that may be where we saw it. And we're like, oh, this yeah. guy's pretty sick. He, it's really him. dope. We really love yeah. the final. But yeah. what people don't know is that when you're making an album cover with somebody else as the artist, there's times. And he was still. Sometimes you get buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all right. And it was Casey. I think it was Casey's idea originally where it was just like, dude, 
That's a butthole. But <laughs> yeah, no, not that, dude. I'm saying Earth becomes conscious, just starts imploding on everything, starts pulling structures in. This is what we're going to have. Well, obviously, there's an origin spot where that, that implosion starts to happen and pars. One of one of his early, not his first, because I think he, he gave us like two, three, four different uh, um, drafts or whatever ideas. And then when it started getting closer to what we want, all of a sudden I'm like, dude, it looks like a butthole. Like, <laughs> there's like multiple... I don't, know, I don't know i don't know if we told him that we, we, i mean we were kind of we like didn't, no 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 we didn't we didn't we well, like, uh, i remember you know. i remember seeing it for the first time and just being like having like the oh fuck yeah and then like all of a sudden my mouth was just like had this half smile like oh shit dude like, <laughs> like, a butthole. like i was like can we just, and like i remember like trying to like can we like fill that hole somehow i still have a ver- that version in my yeah. email somewhere dude there's like veins in it and, yeah, stuff. No, and, yeah. and obviously he's not his his point wasn't trying to make it look like a butthole, but it yeah he did. Well, shout so, out to Parr because Parr like actually, I think he might have even reached out to us and was like a death metal fan and was like, "Hey, I like you guys. I want to give you a deal." And now me, I guess his stuff is like insanely expensive. But, oh like, really? Let me set know, the so record like, straight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. that's it, that's it, that's it. <laughs> Let me set the record straight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't have the image, and I'm not going to put it on. But the, the whole thing is, uh, uh, I don't. I, 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 I looked. I don't have it. But the point is that it was like you know, like like the like the artwork of Cryptic ended up being basically like this like volcano looking thing, and then it comes out and it's like devouring all the rocks and stuff, and it's like a volcano kind of thing, whatever. But yeah, the original thing was like it totally looks like a bubble. like like it was like a, like a, like a black hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah hole. so it was There's like no I, saving it, dude. From now, you can't save it now. I know. I'm just saying. I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> no, to no. describe artistically. Yeah, it, for sure. No, no, no. Anyways, I know what you're trying to do. Why? Is we're okay. Not, okay. The point this is, is fun, we're not we should... at all saying anything bad about Par. Yeah. Par's an amazing, <clears throat> amazing. We're trying to talk about artist. Severed, and we're, yeah. we're getting into yeah, this we're whole... getting off into the weeds. <laughs> so let's go I... back to Severed. So yeah, oh, it's great artwork. It's, are you guys? It like, really is. Are you guys, yeah. um, Mike? Are do you like? Do you have any new songs or anything that you're writing, or any like new ideas, or just cr- creative projects that you're working on, or like no. or Troy too? No, no. <laughs> well, no. Next I have, question. I have. Um, I get inspired every once in a while, and I'll I'll, I'll start writing something just in my head um, yeah. that I'm like, oh, I gotta fucking yeah, it's time. I gotta do this, and then it's gone. Like the yeah. next day, it's gone. No idea what it was. Uh, there's there's you know some riffs that I've I've had that I've been sitting on uh, for years uh, that I never really could find the right you know um Part four or something. yeah 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 just the right outlet or whatever to put them in um at, you know for at least a few years i didn't even play you know probably from mm-hmm. 2008 to 2000 mm-hmm. <laughs> so 2008 after servile came out um i stopped playing uh, my wrist was fucked up i went through some shit uh with a relationship that, that destroyed me at the time. And, uh, um, I stopped playing. I just didn't, I lost it. Like I lost the the desire to play when I tried to play. It was too fucking painful. My wrist was all fucked up. Um, 
and it was, you know, probably it was from 2008 when that came out until we started rehearsing for the reunion tour in 2012, I didn't play. And during that time, I had plenty of nightmares about being ready to play, like or ready to go on stage. Like, are you guys fucking ready? We're on next. Dude, you're all fucking suited. I up. had one too. Oh man, <laughs> that happens to me all the time. Dude, and and all you can think of Dude. is, I haven't played this shit in years. I don't have the stamina. Oh. My stamina Dude. is fucking gone. I, you know, I I can remember playing the riffs in my head, but can I still fucking play them? Um, and we're yeah. about to play this shit in front of people. Like, what? How did this even happen? And uh, that, you know, I'd have that recurring nightmare for Jesus, probably the so whole funny. time. I actually had that. Totally. I have that written down into what to like bring up as like a funny thing. Is I actually had two yeah. nights ago. I had a nightmare that because I probably had to do with you know the, this podcast and having to talk to you guys that I got thrown on stage with you guys. Mm-hmm. And I think I was second guitar, and I was like, dude, I've never practiced these songs. Like, I yeah, even, right. Like, I, I know, I know how these yeah, songs yeah. go. It's weird, and dude. like. I, I've done so many shows and tours with you guys that never happened. In my <laughs> Dude, why? Yeah, crazy. I, my version Insane. is I'm on stage with Odious. You guys start playing brand new material that I don't even know. I'm trying to freestyle through the whole entire thing, and then when the set's done, I get off stage and I'm in line for the Superman ride at fucking Magic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, That's not crazy. crazy. Yeah, I think it happens to everyone. So. Hey Mike, have you heard about this? Like, you know, Aldi Miola yes. like, on his like Instagram, he has yeah, the coast. Yeah, I, I was oh, even yeah. thinking about how I could fucking piece together the money. But Dude, me and my friend Richard are like super into it. We could go play. Some, now, let's like do it. Let's I, all pitch, I, man. You, you, I probably never told you this, but I met him a few times and hung out with him backstage. Oh, really? nice. So, oh, uh, uh, I, I, I it was one of those. I'd, I'd like to think that we all have these moments in our lives that make us cringe so bad that we feel sick and, and, and say to ourselves, <laughs> God, what a fucking fanboy, fucking annoying dork yeah. I was to this you know, famous person. Um, so in 2000, or excuse me, 1998, I want to say, 98 or 99 he played five shows in a row at yoshi's in oakland mm. and i went to all five shows <laughs> actually no i went to four of five but each night there were two shows so multiple of those Jeez. nights that i went i saw both shows and each time i was front and fucking center right in front of him and after each song to be like this and i'd be <laughs> Just fucking growling at, at the top of my lungs. Yeah! Yeah! And it, it it got to the point where they, That's you know, so I, I must annoyed the shit out of them. Yeah. Uh, and and at one point, Al Miola, uh, one night when my buddy Paul, our buddy Paul Ponikoff that used to play bass with us in high school, he had an amazing growl. He had one of the deepest, most guttural growls. And uh he went with me and he was a fan too. And it was the two of us sitting next to each other, right in front of fucking Al Miola. And in between each song, it doesn't matter if it was a fucking intense progressive song or some light fucking elevator shit. As soon as that song was over, (laughs) (laughs) and he, you know, at one point, you know, he just kind of looked down at us and was like nodding his head. 
like, and oh, uh, man, and he's like, you know, sorry guys, you know, some of my fans are apparently cavemen. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> that's a great response. Yeah, and at that's one amazing. point, he he, they must have worked it out with the sound man or something, because at one point, uh, on a on the fifth night, I think it was, uh, I was doing my growl thing at him in between songs, and he looked at me and he's like, yeah, and he started like trying to do his own little growl. <laughs> oh really? No the way. sound man yeah. cranked the reverb up way high on the final one, so yeah. he would growl and I'd growl right back at him, and then he'd fucking yeah, and he'd like, good. <laughs> so and then good. the last one, the sound man cranked the reverb up, so it was just like, just kind of like you know nice, bellow throughout dude. the place Jesus, dude, and i just I'm like okay okay was that it. oakland you said yoshi's, Yoshi, oakland? yoshi's in oakland okay because the yoshi's um, in san francisco is no longer well that's where i, I saw yeah you saw him at yoshi's in i saw him at yoshi's san francisco yeah. too yeah i saw him at the same time well I, I i one night i went there and i saw him with chase and richard it was like random random i don't know why it was just the three of us we had somehow yeah and uh, and the power went out, and basically it was like, he, oh, wow. like, like so they kept trying to go back on stage, and the, and the power kept going out, and um, there was like a storm and all this kind of like stuff. Like the and jumping then, turtle, what was that place that our shit yeah, kept on yeah, going on? San Marcos, on? yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, but like he like, he basically came up and he was like, all right, we're just gonna play everything acoustically, and he's like, he's like, this will be another you know night to remember in San Francisco, haha, <laughs> and totally. we're just like, <laughs> yeah you know it was <laughs> yeah. great okay. you know, and of course they played Benetree and Sundance and all that kind of well, stuff I saw, yeah because I saw him on, yeah. on a Friday night and they, he was like we're going to play some Friday night in San Francisco for you guys tonight I guess he kind of like, milks that night. yeah yeah he milks he's, that he's one so for sure fucking, but still like to catch legend, him on dude. Friday night in San Francisco it's like he's, yeah it's awesome it, he's it, giving us that memory every it's time a, it's, not a, it's just an honor dude He he's so fucking badass i don't know if you remember but i i saw i saw him with uh it was was stanley clark and john mcponty and uh, strings yep yep and i uh at uh at the winery saratoga mountain winery i want to say it was and uh i had to go visit or had to go i I was going to go visit my father in new mexico the next day and um so my my mom was the one who got me into him to start off so she was when i was a little kid she's like you you know friday night san francisco blah blah blah, check you like guitar check this shit out kind of thing and uh, so we went and saw him in Saratoga and she's dropping me off at uh, San Jose airport. And I open my door and I look up and I hit it. I like hit this guy and it's fucking Al Damiola, dude. Um, with mm. these like white, the white, like fluffy pants on. He's on the cell phone. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, I'm all, I'm all mom, dude. Look, and she's like, what the yeah. fuck? And so I get in line to get in my flight and Stanley Clark, Jean-Luc Ponty and Al Damiola are all on my plane. Wow. like yeah i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm you standing have like you have a running i know of that yeah i know it's happened with celebrity a, celebrity rock stars on your plane i had in front of me was uh in standing in line at southwest was uh was uh stanley clark with his stand-up bass case and everything just like they're all moving it together like right in front of me and i'm just sitting there just going like what <laughs> i'm trying to like not be super fanboy and annoy him but i'm like dude stanley clark's in front of me at the end of this line right now and is like the most massive amount of gear i'm like there's probably no room for anyone else's stuff like, <laughs> probably i don't know it was just one of those yeah. things where yeah just never never forget i remember someone yelled freebird at that show <laughs> at, at uh at el demiol and i don't think i've ever seen him laugh he laughed for like a good like six minutes like, <laughs> he's all freebird like i thought it was 
That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's so, one of a kind. He's one yeah. of a kind. So two two more but, quick side note uh, things about me embarrassing myself with Aldi Miola or in front of him. Um, I was hitting him up like almost ev- after every almost almost every other song. I'd be like, "Hey, let me get your pick," you know. So I'd, he'd throw me the pick, and uh, I don't know, you know, after three or four nights of doing that shit, he just, you know, uh, I think at one point just grabbed like a handful of them and just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> chucked them at me. So, I was uh, gonna say, I was like, "Damn, dude, you're that guy." So <laughs> yeah. Guy. So here's. Oh, right there, you got him. <laughs> oh, I've got, nice, dude. I've got fucking like <laughs> like thirty. <laughs> I've got like twenty fucking twenty of these dude. picks. Deandria, and Adibiola. And I remember. Um, it looks. It looks like they have a lot of energy, dude. At the time, I was, you know, we were doing where still me, me, Troy, and Paul. This was before Severed, and uh, we had just recorded our last demo recording. Pretty proud of it, as shitty as it was. Um, and I remember Br- Paul was like, "Dude, we got to bring it. We got to bring it to the show tonight. Give to fucking Demiola." I'm like, "You sure, dude?" He's like, "Yeah." So I, you know, we fucking, because he was like, he was hella chill. He would let it, you know, people come back. Uh, backstage after the show like 15 people or so and just hang out with him for like half hour hour or something i remember like giving him the tape and um i think this was the final night and we actually like they popped open a bottle of champagne it was just me me paul our friend neil aldi miola his percussionist goombi ortiz and uh the drummer theo kennedy or not theo kennedy ernie adams i think and uh, they actually like gave us fucking glasses of champagne too, which was pretty nice, awesome. Dude. And uh, I remember fucking Demiola was kind of sitting in like a lazy boy recliner kind of thing. And uh, you know, this was like half hour after I'd given him the tape. And uh, you know, you're, you're gonna listen to it, right? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like he gets up, and like the the tape is like on the recliner, like you know, in the seat, like kind of like in the crack of the seat. I remember looking at him going, Hey, what do you do with that tape there, dude? And he's like, Oh, he like grabs it, you know, and he, he fucking, that shit went in the garbage can as soon as I fucking turn around. But, uh, but it's still the feeling of giving that to somebody who you look up to. Yeah. It was, it was total crap. You know, I don't know. It was okay. It was okay for what it was, but compared to his Dude, shit, it was fucking. I just crap. listened to Where last night and I was fucking rocking out in my fucking living room, bro. I don't give a fuck what you guys say, dude. That's my favorite shit, dude. Jesus Christ. Okay. No, not my literally favorite shit, but I'm saying like, oh, as a high school band, out of all the high school bands that I've heard, fuck yeah. That's my favorite high school band, bro. <laughs> And to back it up, every I would go over to Anthony's house and he would be like, dude, check this shit out. This is remember, you know, Troy and uh fucking well, God, I forgot your name for three Mike. seconds. Mike. <laughs> I was called you Fitzpatrick. Um, Troy and Mike from a uh, Severed Savior, like, dude, this is their their high school band, dude. And you just throw throw it on your TV. You throw it on your TV. Yep, I fucking rock it out in my fucking surround sound, bro. <laughs> oh, it's a surround sound neighbors, my neighbors know where more than anybody else right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I think you actually you should just do you should you know just put it on the internet. I want to re-record that shit. I want to I want to do vocals on that. It was it was <laughs> ambitious without like the talent, you know. Like we're 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 Shut more ambitious. Up. So no. Why you gotta say it like that? 
Like, <laughs> no, for real. Like, there's so much talent on that, dude. Mm, it, it was okay. You can't lie. You can't lie. Um, no, it was okay yeah. for like, you know, kids. It, it was all right. It just yeah. wasn't anything. So compared to, especially like the shit that's coming out the last 10 dude, years. I like, was, was in okay. a new metal band at that time. Okay. I was yeah. rapping over metal. <laughs> Riffs that were going, dench, dent to dench. okay so then i listen to where and i'm like yeah Uh, that's that's what you're supposed to be doing in high school how do you find where's music i'm like trying to find you find it by you can't you find it from these guys from anthony's ipod anthony (laughs) that's what i was saying my ipod that's why i asked earlier in the podcast do you guys have it because if i lose that ipod i don't have Hmm. it anymore damn i have it Uh, yeah he's got troy's got all of it putting it online multiple times but i get shot down so i yeah I, I i primarily don't like the last the last demo that we had that had vocals i thought it was better without vocals um it is worth noting that one of where's songs ended up being completely uh butcherized and cannibalized and turned into the song question that's uh, why i want but it kept to hear that no, it kept one, we kept two. the name the reason why you know every, i'm sure there were some people that you know, saw servile track listing go question why the fuck would you know after the previous song titles why the fuck would they come out with a song named question that's stupid where it's just because you know the song was always called question <laughs> we wrote that song in 96 um paul came up that's why i gave paul writing credit on that song on the album um in the booklet whatever he came up with a right. Um, Paul was just good about coming up with fucking unique shit like that. He was a um, riff factory. That kind of riff he was a master of. Um, and you know, some structurally, some things in that song made it into the final Servile Insurrection version. Not necessarily the same riffs, but uh, the same kind of like feel i guess Five, and then yeah. the the very ending uh you know a lot of people are also like what what the fuck it's 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 either a love hate thing with the jazz ending right yeah um some people love it some people hate it some people think it, it's completely out of you know nowhere uh, which it is but also you know, your number one most listened to song on spotify well, it's also the first track on the album, so I mean, I mean listen to that and then yeah. don't go any But further. I mean, but also after this, after this many years, though, it, it definitely starts to, you know, th- those tracks, the the intro tracks mm-hmm. tend to fall a little bit after like, you know, yeah. years and what years. What Mike's of trying to say though is that that riff actually continues. In yeah, the the, the 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 bass line, the walking bass line in the in the jazz ending, is uh, the same line that is played by one of the guitar lines a couple few times in the song earlier the chords are totally just uh jazz chords that i wrote over that walking bass line but that originally in the in the where version of question uh the jazz section was in the middle of the song and it was about 30 40 seconds long or something like that it was much longer um it was kind of repetitive um I, i think it changed keys or shifted positions twice or something but it was basically the same thing and the very last section it was my favorite and that's what ended up being the outro to question and you can also hear uh you know some people who've who've listened to it loud can hear (laughs) at the very fucking end um 
when I was doing the, the scratch tracks. Vocals. It's your guess. <laughs> yeah. When I was doing the scratch tracks while Troy was tracking the drumming, uh, you know, I was in the room with them. And uh, I think we, you know, we did like three, ta- you know, three takes or something of that song, three or four takes. And um, we couldn't get to, we couldn't get the jazz part timing right. And on that final take we did, and you hear me yell, perfect. And uh, <laughs> it's right at the end. It's it right very, at the fucking very... end. I think and I've we, heard that. We turned yeah. it down. You know, we had, uh, we had him turn it down a bit. So it was, you know, something you'd have to kind of listen for. Uh, but I thought it was funny, so I just left yeah. it in. <laughs> nice. Totally. Um, so where we go from? We we haven't even really talked about. I mean, Servile. So you guys wrote that. You guys got it recorded with uh, Zach, and then after that, I mean, well, with me. So we didn't really talk about me joining. I don't know if we really want to talk about that. Well, oh, no, we don't want to talk about that. No. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. No, we don't need to talk about it. This I'm, I'm actually the host of this show. So it's really like I could still be interviewing you guys without me being a part of the story. You know, you do the Anthony Trap Me exclusive next. Troy, do you want me to tell the story? Or do you or do you want me to keep talking, or do you either, want to either way? Do you actually? I really, record. Need, to, I really need yeah. to pee. All this coffee is going. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go take a leak really quick too. Okay, so I'll wait, Troy, um, take it from here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got I got to pee too. <laughs> everyone, everyone just got to pee, right? I was kidding. <laughs> so Troy, are you are you still in Vegas? Are you? I uh, oh, I was wondering if that was gonna come up. I um. I'm right now. I'm back in the Bay Area. I could come oh, out. really? I, I am. I came out for work. It was supposed to be a temporary thing, turning into a wild adventure. Well, what part of the Bay? When I'm going to leave. I'm in San Mateo. Oh, wow. Well, actually, I'm kind of all over, but uh, uh, staying in Foster City and uh, bouncing back and forth between like Santa Clara, San Mateo. So, what, what kind of uh, what industry of work are you in? I'm uh, uh, helping our buddy run uh, some repair shops okay nice um, yeah it was one of those things he has been kind of an entrepreneur on the side we'd had other side businesses together he was the one that helped me co-found and um do disfigured records to put out force to bleed okay it was my roommate at the time alton and uh we've done a lot of stuff over the years uh small side business things and it was just getting an itch to do something and uh there's a lot uh, you know a long backstory of of how he got to this place us talking over the course of a couple of years about uh, what if we did a you know what if he bought a car rental business or what if he bought a car wash or what if he did this what if he did that and um, eventually just settled on wanting to get repair shops and he's like was looking at some a few years ago he was like you know if I was to buy somebody was selling like three Midas repair shops in the North Bay or something he's like if I bought like three shops did you come back and help me run them okay nice like, well, nice I mean I'd come out like help you you know get going you know train like staff whatever you so know, before before wide. before mike comes back are you trying do you want to you want to get severed back together or what's going on well hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> Bring up all the time yeah, <laughs> who, would, who would say no to that <laughs> who would fucking say no to that all right oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once or twice uh, later, somebody says no to that yeah um, yeah uh the uh but anyway, so that was one of those things that he called me one day and he was like, hey, so when do you, when do you get here? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, when do you get here? And I was like, oh, I'm probably going to come visit in the next month or two. I'll come out for a few days. He's like, no, when do you start? 
Did you know? Uh, did you know that he's back, Anthony? He's back in the Bay Area. Troy is. Yeah. I had yeah, no I idea. Actually, um, he's been here for a while, actually. Yeah. The last time uh, me, I, Mike, Troy have been in physical distance of each other was at your place. Are you still staying there? With Alton? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things I have not. Uh, for a while, I was commuting back and forth. And so I still had a place there. I still was paying rent. Still had people trying to like watch my cat while I was out of town. And huh. I'd be here for like 10 days, go back for four days, come back for two weeks, go back for a week kind of thing. And then um, eventually it's like, why am I paying rent? So I moved out, put everything in storage. And then I was paying storage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's just like progressed. <clears throat> it's like, okay, bring everything here, stuff it in his garage. Huh. Uh, and um, yeah, so I just, like, I thought it was going to be kind of a temporary thing. And I, it's one of those, like, I really want to be more, social gets the music projects going but i also haven't like really let anybody know i was back because i've been working like six and a half days a week 12 to 14 hours a day for like however long it is i've been here now yeah and uh i just really like don't have any time to do anything i'm trying to uh get some life balance back in here now but um but anyway yeah so hopefully be doing some cool stuff here in the future um some other pro- first i gotta find a place to practice anybody know anybody got an extra spare corner in the jam room in the bay area that dude i mean it's, it's only three it's only yeah, yeah it's only nine grand a second dude and we'll yeah, get you. <laughs> like, i don't know i've called like a dozen rehearsal studios in the bay area that only do hourly and yeah it's like three hours and only on wednesdays and i used to have a rehearsal space but you know covid so yeah <laughs> well yeah a bunch of that yeah, was down here though that's been a whole fun thing too. Yeah, so, it's probably the same everywhere, dude. I'm trying to like wait that out and yeah, I actually had a couple of opportunities. Like, oh, man, there's been a one of them I really, really wanted to do, but I just like didn't have the time, didn't have anywhere to practice, and they wanted somebody to like learn the stuff and record it soon. And actually, there was two of those. <laughs> <clears throat> Both of them were in a very short time period, and I was like, I, don't, I haven't even like seen my drums in like I don't know a year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So but uh soon soon so oh, yeah. i don't know we're i don't even remember where we left off we got i was supposed <laughs> to tell a story about something when he left for the bathroom uh, so i think yeah. we were talking about the recording of servile like, yeah or well you know how i came I'm, I'm oh yeah, oh, yeah right yeah. I just don't want to leave it out. I'm not trying to be like, oh, dude, no, we got to add me. But I'm just like, I'm part of the timeline. So it's like. <laughs> so so we recorded drums in, I want to say, August of 2007. Um, started tracking guitar as soon as I had the scratch tracks, the, the um, you know, rough mix drum stuff. Uh, there was a, a con- internal conflict in the band that les- led to us parting ways with Dusty, which was um, heartbreaking. Uh, you know, he was heartbreaking, unforeseen, yeah. uh, heartbreaking, and um, not. I don't think anybody wanted it to happen, but it did happen, unfortunately. Including you know, he was a, he was our original vocalist. Um, you know, he was a fucking great dude uh a funny motherfucker um a great front man um and he was you know you you think severed savior you know up until that point and you thought dusty as Mm -hmm. far as i'm concerned you you know Mm -hmm. he was the 
the the the image of severed savior however you want you know the front man however you want to fucking put it he was our david lee roth you know right um, him, and, him and murray up front you you hiding in me in the back <laughs> <laughs> so um when i was when i was recording guitars uh we parted ways with dusty unfortunately um i recorded the huh Oh, I just hung out with him like a week ago for the first time. Oh, really? Time. Like really? Good. Years, hmm. no, 12 years. Yeah. It's Sick. Random right on. Story he's a dad now, right? Yeah, back. I think he's got yeah, two kids. Yeah, two kids. Nice, dude. Up. Um, <clears throat> crazy, crazy. We'll have to talk about that later. But yeah, yeah it was awesome. We will. Was, Good. So um, um, after that, you know, it took a few weeks for us to get the drum tracks. We recorded drums over, I think, four days. Uh, which Troy was late by about three hours to every day. Um, but that's Work nights, man. Yeah. It, <laughs> he knew, he knew he had to be there. It, <laughs> he knew what time we started. Apparently I just like so, working under extreme pressure because that's yeah. just how, you know, he, he, he was late and in a mood for each one of those days of tracking. Um, but we got, we got through it. Uh, and he came up with, you know, he, he laid down some pretty solid shit. Um, Ironically, that was my best recording experience up to that point. Really? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. So <laughs> even though we, I argued with you and Zach constantly, though. Yeah. So. Uh, no, you knew you and me got along. Okay. It was mostly oh, Zach. Mostly Zach yeah. um, but I no, the only time we argued really was <laughs> when you were showing up late and I would, and I was, you know, pissed <laughs> off that you were late, but ironically for as much as, there was tension with zach uh during servile that's yeah the, the reason that i wanted to record drums with him for first fragment in 2014 was because of the ex, you know the mm -hmm. product the end result uh, yeah yeah so uh yeah so i i yeah we'll, we'll touch on that later but uh yeah <laughs> he uh, so i got i got the the drum tracks a few weeks later something like that i recorded my you know pretty much all the guitars over you know i was working nights at the time and i was spending like maybe an hour or two a day recording over a few weeks um and i was still working out parts you know i'd still kind of had some parts to write like the second guitar parts that were different from the other guitar um and then i lost all that shit and instantly started you know i just said fuck it put my head down and, and re-recorded everything and then murray was going going through some health issues um you know, the beginning of, of major health issues probably was starting then, you know, he's been diabetic since he was a Nine. kid. Yeah. Uh, terrible. Um, so he had, you know, he had some health shit going on. Um, so he was sporadically recording bass. Um, I was, you know, both of us were kind of picking up bass duties. He was recording when he was able to. Um, and when he was not able to, I was recording bass stuff. Um, and then it just kind of went on the fucking back burner. Like there was December, January, February, and just nothing happened. And we, even though we had, we had gotten Anthony's, um, agreeable to join, um, uh, he lost his grandma during that time. And that put yeah. shit. Cause he, we didn't have any lyrics written. Uh, we didn't have any lyrics. We had song titles for most of the songs, but we had no lyrics. And um, ideas. You, I came to your house and you had. Yeah, some I mean, ideas. I had, I had the, 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 um, 
what I like the theme should be lyrically and just kind of told Anthony, you know, here's a song title, here's the, the rough tracks, uh, rough mix tracks. And this is kind of like, you know, what I think the, the direction of the lyrics should be. Uh, and Anthony was like, okay, I got it. You know, and he, and he took it in that direction and put his own twists on things, but he had to put everything on the back burner for a couple few months, um, due to family shit and losing his grandma at that time. Um, and then it wasn't until I want to say like April or May, something like that, something like early summer, late spring that Zach emailed me. He's like, dude, are we ever going to finish this fucking album? Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, you know, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. There was, there was a long period where I thought it was just never going to come out. I thought we were yeah. never going to finish it. There was, there had been so many things. Well, dude, I mean, if, if, if we're going to talk about it real quick. Like when I lost my Nana, um, you know, it was a devastating thing. And when, when you go through something like that, uh, a lot of times you go through those, those, that process, you said, you know, I think it was like two months or three months or something before I really came back into it. Um, most of the time you're not the one who's making the decision. Like you need the, the push from somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, to make you come back out of that funk, you know? Yeah. And I got that somehow, some way, and I came back and we finished that shit. Um, it was a great experience, dude. Like, I think it's, I, if I compare cryptic and servile, I, I want to say that servile sounds better. And I'm not saying that in a, and because cryptic's got its own thing too it sounds it sounds really different fucking, it's just yeah it's it's two totally different things so yeah. the way that they sound is perfect for what they are and i think that servile to me is just like super fucking clean dude yep. it's yeah it's really clean cryptic was more like just just jump in the studio and just handle it and just be yeah. done in a few days. And that's yeah. It. And I, I, that gives it character, you know, yeah. like the raw, totally. like fucking, yep. you know, real. And I'm not saying that servile isn't real. I'm just saying like, or odious's cryptic has this raw, real feel to it. And like servile is real, but it's also super clean, dude. It's like the, if I want to think like cryptic yeah, servile dirty, is a really good recording. Yeah. I think it's well, really so, but good. so is cryptic. It's they're totally different. You know, I, I love the, yeah. the rawness and grittiness of cryptic and, you know, Thanks. my whole goal, I set out, you know, producing servile and, and helping with the mixing and everything I set out with the, and um, I wanted it to be very, you know, not sterile, but I wanted it so you could hear every note. I yeah. wanted it to be very little reverb, you know, on all, all my solos have like almost no reverb because uh, I, 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 I didn't want to hide behind. I felt like some people hid behind reverb or it covered up sloppiness, you know, um, mm-hmm. I wanted everything to base and, and, um, you know, I think I may have gone a little too far with how dry it is. Um, but that was the goal. You know, I kind of, I was almost, inspired by like uh rain and blood rain and blood is is so fucking you know it's 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 so distinct everything you know both guitars are hard panned there's like no reverb on them you can hear every fucking you know the drums have a good amount of reverb on them uh Mm. 
but everything was super clear. Um, and that's, that was kind of the inspiration, like kind of what my goal for the, the, the sound of servile was to do something along those lines where everything was just crystal clear. And, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, in some aspects it, or some, you know, I don't know, it came out. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It some people love great. it. Some people I'll hate, never, you know, some people I'll never ever yeah. hear you say I love that, that recording. anything you've done sounds sick, dude. <laughs> I, 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 there's parts there's there's some things that, I, that i'm really proud of and what's your what's your favorite part what's your, that you've what's done the sounding shit out that, of you've all your done. that you've done um <laughs> I, the things that i'm probably most proud of on if we're just talking about servile um the the solo section for question uh, i'm i'm proud of um the the clean song i'm proud of uh the the acoustic thing um the one of my favorite parts and things that that i'm I'm most proud of writing is the what i call the goofy section of acts of sedition uh Mm. yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so that was one of those things where it, it you know i wrote servile on um power tab which to the, for those of you that don't know, it's a, it's a free um, tablature program where you just type in the tablature and then you can hear it in a cheesy eight bit. Yeah. Just eight bit Nintendo yeah. music sound. And it's, it's sometimes it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> and that, that goofy part of, of access edition, I wrote in about five minutes, all three parts, the, 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 the two guitar parts are pretty independent of each other. And the bass part is completely different from both guitar parts. And I just remember like writing the guitar parts and it, I wrote the guitar parts first and then wanted to put a goofy bass line over it. And um, just in the power tab, it's hilarious sounding. Like it's, 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 it's not death metal in any way. It's, it, there's nothing about it that's yeah. brutal. Or, or, or dark sounding it's just fucking goofy uh, like if you can down if any of you can download the the power tab for it if you can find it uh, yeah. listen to that section i got it it's it's goofy as shit <laughs> yeah, and yeah. i just remember being so stoked like i couldn't get it out of my head i wrote the whole thing in like five ten minutes you know got it down in power tab listened to it and just like this is the funniest shit i fucking <laughs> love it um <laughs> but it worked, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's something unique, you know, it's not really a a straightforward death metal part, but you know, it's in a death metal song, you know? Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a cool goofy groovy thing that just Mm. came up out of nowhere. I love it. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. That's so rad. Well, just guys, I just want to make just kind of interject here and just uh, kind of think. Uh, I think we should do an episode two of this, you know? Yeah. Like a, what? Like I don't even know what time we're at right now. We, uh, yeah, we, 15. I, I want to kind of like make sure this video has the like, best quality. So, like, we should okay. probably, I think, cap it off pretty soon here. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we can continue the story. I, it was so fun talking to you guys. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I don't know how much, you know, more there is to say, but. Uh, there's at least there's there's it's some been shit. so rad there's so many awesome stories there, there's there's more to go over 
but we, not yeah. you know, definitely I mean, we not we haven't as much even talked about yeah. uh, the survival insurrection tour yep we haven't even touched on it yeah, yeah. So, oleg yeah. shout out to oleg artificial brain yeah we're gonna have multiple episodes what time are we at right now though casey what time is it right now it's 11 15 we've been going for over three hours Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, so it's okay. Oh, fuck, I really thought we were still yeah. in the two-hour No, no, hour no, it's all good. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry if okay, I... Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, I tend it's to ramble. an awesome Sorry. Good time. No, no, it's... Oh, dude, no, no, I love it. Dude, yeah, we yeah. are so stoked. That was... And so by, cool. One thing I have to say is just to link last episode to this episode is that Mike is like the embodiment of that that guy that... Or that, that person that is never satisfied with what they put out, and that's why they keep getting better. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I was talking about before. It's like, yeah. if, if you're an artist and you're satisfied, you're gonna stop moving. Yeah, forward. and he's the embodiment of nope, I don't like that. We're not doing it like that. We're gonna make this better. And if it's not like this, then you know I'm out. You it's know, it's not. That's right. You know, I under. It's not easy working with somebody like that, and Troy, <laughs> has uh, been more than patient with me for. 27 years how long has it been 27 years 28 years that we've been playing together now yeah yeah um it's it's i know that i've been difficult and i've limited our production output uh being the way i am so i apologize for that troy hopefully that what little i have accomplished made up for us (laughs) It's you can fun. make up for it with a new album. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Quality, yeah. Teaser for part two. Yeah. yeah. It's All right, time well, for thank you guys yeah. so much. I, I, yeah, yeah, thanks I, for having us. Yeah, yeah you guys cheers, are awesome. Guys. Dude, so, love you guys. Yeah, I know. That was so much fun. A little yeah. behind the scenes thing. We're gonna stop this, and then we're gonna keep talking for just thirty more seconds. But yeah, thank you very much, everybody. Awesome, I want to say goodbye. I hate this. Like, oh, we're gonna end it, and then the episode's done. I want to say goodbye to everybody before you know. It's totally, whatever. dude. That's but yeah, awesome. uh, we love everybody else out there. Thank you for tuning in. We're gonna be back again. To, uh, next week is Diego Sanchez. Discord. And uh, yeah, we're gonna get the Discord story. Um, Mike and Troy, you got to be coming back soon because it seems yep. like we we have more to talk yeah. about and uh yeah dude super cool subscribe keep going with it and uh rock on have a great time dude i'll i'll see you guys soon yes peace out dudes